Sing me to sleep, sing me to sleep. I'm tired and I, I want to go to bed. Sing me to sleep, sing me to sleep. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 125. And on this week's show, featured review is the newest from David Fincher, The Killer, straight to Netflix. Should be a fun one. Curious to see what the gang thought of it. But before we talk movies, let me introduce my co-hosts. Travis, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. And Paris, welcome. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. Ho there. Did I hear that right? Yeah, like y'all are... That hoe over there. Hi, hey, ho. Oh, yeah. No, thought. That hoe over there. That's what it stands for. <laughs> nice. Thanks you for teaching me something new. You're welcome. Right. Travis, I hear uh, you have a retail experience that you're just dying to share. What, what, what happened? Okay. Here's the story. Went to said hardware store for two things. A ladder. Need a taller ladder. And a couple bags of bark. Pretty simple quest, right? Uh-huh. So go to the ladder section, pick out the ladder, then heading to the garden center to go find bark. Go into the garden center, look everywhere, don't see any bark. Go ask a uh, rep if... They know where the bark's at, and they're basically like, you idiot, it's in the garden center. And I was like, okay, I'll go check again. So I go to the garden center again and look pretty thoroughly, and uh, still no bark. I think I see bark on like the the very top, tippy top (laughs) of the shelf. but Like uh, like the riser, like up on the top where... Out of my reach. <laughs> oh, so you and used the ladder that you had just found no. in the previous part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> no. And the lady, you know, she didn't really want to go help me. Um, but she did say, if I know what I want, I can just have them ring that up. And then I can drive my car over to the exterior of the garden center and they'll load it up for me. I was like, wow, sounds sweet. So then I go to check out and I have my ladder and I tell the uh, the clerk that I need a couple bags of bark and he's like, oh, okay, well, they're in the garden center. I was like, okay, well, I was just in there. I asked a rep for help. Didn't really get the help. I believe it's like out of my reach. So, you know, probably need someone to get it for me. And uh, he's like, okay, I'll, I'll call someone to help you out. And then I was like, okay, well, can you just ring it up now? Because I don't really want to like wait in line and this will be like my third time going to the garden center you know shouldn't be this hard to get bark but uh he's struggling he's i don't think he knows how to ring it up without it the uh like barcode being present mm-hmm. <laughs> so he you know he, he calls for help and basically tells me that i need to go to the garden center and get it and then come back and have it rung up and i was like well i don't really want to wait in line again and he like does like a look down the line. He's like, well, the line's not very long. And I was like, dude, I just need a couple bags of bark. It shouldn't be this difficult. Can you just like ring it up? Like, I don't think he knew how, whatever. So the, the end of the story is basically, I'm like, forget the fucking bark. Like, I don't even need the bark at this point. I don't want to deal (laughs) with it. And 
he's like, I think he was hesitant to tell the guy that I didn't need the bark because <laughs> he, he, he was like hesitating radio him and really wanted me to get the bark. And I'm like, dude, just forget the bark. Just ring up my ladder and I will get bark another day from somewhere else. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, okay, okay, okay. So he, you know, he's ringing up my ladder and we're getting ready to like finish the transaction. And he goes, and th- th- at this point I'm very fed up. And he goes, do you want a bag for your ladder? And I, <laughs> I do a look around <laughs> like, hold on. No. Where's that? No, Where's Ash and no. Kuchar? <laughs> no. <laughs> And Can you imagine he, goes, he just brings out this really long bag? <laughs> he goes, I know it's a stupid question. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. And so but I um, know it's a stupid question. I'm stupid. What? <laughs> uh just a nightmare in customer service. Damn. Not trying to be, not trying to be that guy. Wow! But. So you didn't even get any bark, Travis? After all that, no, I would different stores than fucking deal with that request of his. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fact that he looked at the line was like, "It's not very long." I'm like, "No, you don't tell that to a customer." <laughs> Sorry, Doc. <laughs> That's kind of beside the point. At like, anyway. Well, and what really fried me was was when I was headed up to the cashier, this motherfucker with this cart saw that I was going to the checkout and I had one item. I mean, granted it was a it was a ladder, but still one item. Yeah. <laughs> he races in front of me. He has fucking two orders, like 30 items in his car. I'm just like, fuck this guy. So I have to wait for all that. And then for the guy to tell me I have to go to the garden center a third time after I already asked for help. I was just like, fuck you guys. So well other story fuck that company it's not home depot i will go out of my way to not shop there it's blows it mm-hmm. is blows <laughs> <laughs> well i think their ceo is like a racist or a homophobe or something i don't know i can't keep track oh. of all these i'm pretty CEOs, i thought that was home depot even better <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh no <laughs> where are you gonna do now travis ace ace is the place hey Honestly, ace is actually ace closest to my house and I, that's where I went when I grew up, and it's the business. Ace rules. Yeah, I love Ace. Oh, no. You know what I was thinking of? Orchard. Osh. Orchard, Orchard. Supply Hardware. Oh. I've never been to an Ace before in my life. I don't know what that is. Ace is awesome. I've heard Ace doesn't have the greatest prices compared to Home Depot and Blows. Maybe it's worth it if you're not supporting fascists or people with bad customer service. Mm-hmm. I did get a killer deal on my are ladder. Are basically though. equivalent. <laughs> the ladder killer was deal. regularly a hundred bucks on sale for sixty, rang up for fifty. Was not going to fight him on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after all that, so pretty much got it half off. Well, there you go. You but, know, you win some, you lose some. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and you got yourself a sweet fifty dollar ladder. The best part, though, was when he asked me if I wanted a bag. That is <laughs> Can't stress that outrageous. enough. <laughs> like, I, it, the fact that he said, I know it's a stupid question. Like, man, why are you asking it then? It's like those magicians <laughs> who pull, like, ludicrously long things out of, like, tiny bags, you know, where it just, like, never ends. <laughs> he just has, like, a little magic bag to put the ladder into. Man, Maybe he's required to to ask that question 
You really should have I, taken him up on the offer. Maybe. You would have been like, yes, sir. I would love a bag. Get me yeah, a what bag would you say? for yeah. this ladder. Please. Honestly, can, I, I got to see this. that for me. <laughs> not, not, I need a bag. I need you to bag that for me. Thanks. The guy yeah, comes back with a, a tarp. <laughs> Free it tarp. reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of my time working at McDonald's back in the day when um, you were training a new person and, you know, you're, you're trained to always ask the customer if it's for here to go if you're working in the lobby. And sometimes a customer would just order a drink and then the new person would ask if that's for here to go. But like, you're literally just handing them a cup. So it does, I'm like, no, 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 you don't, you don't ask in that scenario. <laughs> well, while we're on the topic of McDonald's, what's the deal with the ice cream machine? What is going on over there? <laughs> so you know? actually, uh, the company that... Uh, owns the ice cream machines. Uh, you can't get it repaired anywhere except for the company. They have like some kind of proprietary deal, and they're pretty trash because they know like that they have a hold on all the McDonald's machines, but they don't have enough repair people. It's a monopoly. So the ice cream machine. <laughs> yeah, that's why the ice cream machine's always broken. It's not well, McDonald's fault. Well, I think, but well, it kind of is though, right? Because isn't the actual <laughs> isn't the actual issue that McDonald's doesn't want to risk changing the flavor of the ice cream or something, so they refuse to like switch or something, so they're like staying. I mean, with these machines, that could be detrimental, right? Because they never have fucking ice cream anyway. But it's like at a certain point, it's like, well, I mean, maybe you should just go with different machines, and maybe the taste will be a little different. But I don't know. McDonald's, am I right? Killer segue, Matt. <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing new for me. I've just been getting over a cold, uh, another cold, my second cold in a month. So I'm loving life at this juncture. Sick. Um, what about you, Paris? Anything to report? Yeah. Um, I just got back from a long weekend trip to Oregon to see um, my bestie. And... Um, you know, had a good time down there. Um, I, so I'm trying to think if she would be comfy with me sharing this on the show. (laughs) Maybe not. So, um, there were some people that we were hanging out with and I ended up making out with a 25 year old boy. And I, (laughs) you guys, I haven't made out with anyone new in a long, long time. And I was pretty proud of myself. He was very cute. Nice. You're a cougar officially. Well, I think I'm more of a cougar from that one time, like a year ago, when I accidentally made out with a girl who was 22. I was like, oh, I need to escape right now. So it wasn't just a one-off. Now, so now you're officially a cougar. Now that you've no, got two, two no. young boys and girls under your belt. The first one was unintentional. This one I did know how old it was. But <laughs> oh, I had He was really cute. That. He had blue eyes. Ugh. Love blue eyes. You're telling me the braces on the 22-year-old didn't give her away? No, she didn't look 22. She looked like Lord. Lord looks 22. Okay. And well, she's like, how old is Lord now? 22. Probably 27. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. We don't need to harp on the fact that I mean I was 22-year-old. I, I asked her afterward how old she was because it was my birthday. And she was like, how old are you turning? And I was like, I'm turning 31. How old are you? And she said 22. And I immediately was like, I felt the soul leave my body. (laughs) Um, And then when it came back in, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And she was like, no, I'm buying you a drink. And I was like, I don't, I'm going to take the drink and I got to (laughs) go. Like, I I can't, I can't. (laughs) 
yeah. you're such you're you're a child um <laughs> you're yeah, like so barely allowed to be here yeah, literally, she's like, well, it's not like I'm 20. And I was like, well, yeah, because we're in a place that serves alcohol. You can't be 20 and be in here. That's why I thought I was safe. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm in a bar. Surely everyone here is 35, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I was at, that was like a sapphic event night. So it was a little bit different. But yeah, anyway. Oh, what? Yeah, you're going to have to get Travis up to speed. Or don't. You can tell him to Google it. <laughs> Travis. I think the okay. audience needs to be enlightened. Okay, 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 okay. So this is not even, this happened on my birthday, which was in January. So like almost a year ago. So I don't, okay. I used to go to these events. Uh, it was called Sapphic Seattle. Sapphic is um, women and non-binary and trans folks who like women. Um. And non-binary and trans folks who are, fem- you know, it's sort of like Dot the a, I cross the T, carry the one. Yeah, like it's sort of a, it's a little nebulous in that you know most people who are queer are technically welcome, but it's geared, you know, it's called Sapphic Seattle, so it's geared toward women in general. But um, obviously that is flexible in there. Um, yeah, thank you, Travis, for making me, and Matt, really, for making me um, explain that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so that was, they used to host these nights. I don't go anymore because I found out that the person who runs them is actually, apparently, a terrible person, and... Can we can we dig into this a little deeper? Which club specifically? Well, so... Or do they you not want to name... It was at Lowe's, actually. No, no, no. In it's the garden not the owner of the club. <laughs> In so the garden it was center. at multiple... No, no, no. So it was at multiple different venues. But this was like a... Da- like It's like a it's like a group, like, like, like an, an event, emo night where like they... A, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's like an event right. where... Okay. it's But it's local. Um, so it was like Sapphic Seattle, and they did local Sapphic events at different clubs and bars. Um, so it's not the owner of any of these clubs or bars that turned out to be problematic okay. as the, the event owner, organizer. the person who started the event group. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. But it was really fun because it's like, you know, no like strong men energy. And also they had wristbands that you put on at the front, whether and yellow was like, I just want to make friends. And pink was like, I want to flirt. So it was awesome because obviously I was pink at the time, and then I could be like, you're pink also, let's make out. And that's what I did that night. I made out with two separate people because they were wearing pink wristbands. The second one, I did not ask how old they were. Um, we didn't actually talk, though, so it's fine. This sounds awesome. Travis, so, we need to come up with like our version for like men in their 30s where we just like oh wear wristbands, like signifying. So does the color of your wristband. You're both literally married. <laughs> Does the color of your wristband uh, tell tell the audience what you're looking for that night? Yes, yeah, so that's the point. Is oh, you wow. wear a yellow this is wristband like, uh, for have you guys ever seen for flirting? Mm-hmm. I mean, not that it's specific to this movie, but have you ever seen William Friedkin's Cruising? No, I've never seen it. No. Well, that covers like the gay scene in New York, I believe, and um, they do the the bandana thing. Where right. the color of the bandana that you're hanging out of your pocket tells everyone what you're looking for that night. I yes. love that because it's it's like a, a nice way to like 
you're not going to go cruising is awesome sorry i'm like i have a boyfriend (laughs) or i have a girlfriend or i have a them partner like whatever you know they're going to be like i'm actively looking so if it's not a good fit it's still not a good fit but my success rate has been 100 percent at those events so hell yeah free advertising or 200 percent in that case (laughs) <laughs> I want to start an event like that, but everyone has to wear those like I'm with shirts, you know, like I'm with horny or I'm with a friend. <laughs> Stupid. Or, and that's how you, yeah, just like, yeah. <laughs> that's how you identify what, uh, what group. Well, actually now that I think about it, that doesn't really make any sense. Cause you wouldn't know what the nope. person wearing the shirt wants, but right. you know, a guy can dream. I, I'm going to workshop it off air, but this I is feel why like Matt's something here. not an event planner. There's something y'all. here. Though. <laughs> <laughs> There's something here. Um, all right. You guys ready to talk the killer? Death. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's get right into it. So the killer is the latest film from David Fincher. Plot synopsis after a fateful near miss an assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal plots or no cast michael fassbender tilda swinton charles parnell arliss howard uh i think those are the heavy hitters yep um so the killer let's start things off uh with travis what did you think all right, so I overall really liked The Killer. Got to get this out of the way at the top. The opening credits were awesome, even if they were brief. Um, there were some really good set pieces, and um, we can get into those later. But uh, I thought the ending was maybe a little lackluster, and... Um, I will say, as a David Fincher movie, it, it's not that it really disappointed me, uh, but I don't think it's on the level of some of his other movies. But as a Netflix, like, you know, straight-to-streaming thriller, I think it's pretty awesome. It's kind of like the best version of one of these type of movies that just gets dumped on Netflix. Not that his movie necessarily got dumped on Netflix, but, you know, every Netflix original technically gets dumped on Netflix, so... Um, yeah, I'll start there with my general thoughts. Cool. Uh, I can, uh, go next. Um, this movie for me anyway, is a shoe in as the winner for the triple M award. You guys remember what that, uh, it's a category we're introducing this year that came up with that movie. No. Travis, you remember? Most mid-movie? Most mid-movie. You nailed it. Oh the killer is uh, <laughs> like my front-runner for most mid-movie of the year. Um, In a good way? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. okay. So I, I enjoyed it, I guess, but like this is one of those movies that like I, like I haven't thought about it since I finished it. It's like I'm not going to say Fincher is like – like my guy or anything like I love the social network and I love Zodiac and that's you know those are my favorites of his the rest he's not my guy for the record either yeah I know he's not but like I don't know I just feel like I there was a point where I felt like a new Fincher movie meant something to me right and after Mank which I actively disliked um, and then Mm -hmm. now this it just feels like kind of disposable for me like 
there are definitely you know sequences that were cool but overall it very much felt like a movie that had no like for forward motion for me like i understood like what the goal was within you know 20 minutes of the start time and the movie just kind of checks boxes until it gets to the end and then the end happens and I was like okay well that's that's how we're gonna end this movie it just kind of felt to me like a paycheck well Fincher has been on the record saying that like he thinks that like streaming is like the future and he's like like I kind of get the, the impression that he's almost like a has become a Netflix jobber at this point like this guy loves he's a simp for Netflix and I just I don't know it's especially disappointing for me coming on the heels of like the social network gone girl and then um oh god what well, was that TV show both those movies were like 10 plus years ago at this point so I, I wouldn't say it's on the heels his most recent Mindhunter's the show on Netflix yes, is Mindhunter that you're thinking of yes that string of projects like I love all all three of those and then Mank happened, and then now this, and I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I mean, there's definitely style, but I feel like this is about as inoffensive as a movie about an assassin can be. I was just like very underwhelmed. But if it wasn't, if it wasn't Fincher, if it was Joe Blow, you would probably be higher on it, right? No, I would be lower on it. Like I feel like the 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 what? Fincher touches. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, 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 the Fincher. Like I'm not denying that. Like he directs the shit out of this movie. Like I feel like if it wasn't Fincher directing this movie, this would be like a two two and a half star movie. Well, I'm saying it's the same exact movie, but just remove his name, remove the hype, remove the you know all of that. You'd probably like it more. Like you have higher expectations for a director of this caliber. No, no. Whether you're. I don't judge I art that way, Travis. I think it's guy. subconscious. Yeah, no. no. no, no, no. Nice try, Matt. Matt. <laughs> to say you don't judge art that way is just so baloney. No, no, Come no. on. Nice Honestly, try, Matt. I was pretty bored by this movie. If anything, I w- if anything, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt because you started Fincher. the review by saying as a Fincher film. So I mean, it, it's there, right? Within whether within you want to admit it or the, not. His oof, <laughs> yes. I just I don't know it didn't it didn't do anything for me like the only time I would rewatch this movie would be if I'm like I get a wild hair on my ass and I want to do like a Fincher filmography rewatch or something like I have no desire to rewatch this movie it it does feel disposable if that's what you're getting at yeah absolutely yeah so I agree general but it's still really good as I mean for what it's set out to do and if you don't you know like think about the name of or who's behind it too much i think it's still really solid it's just missing something that elevates it it's just so like you would think him teaming up with the screenwriter of seven for the first time in a long time would be like a bigger deal and it's just like i don't i struggle to find like what drew him to this material especially the way that it ended up on the screen like it's just such a like boring story i don't know i just i struggle to like find why he decided this was going to be something that he wanted to work on i don't know i i am curious to know paris's thoughts on this so i'm going to hand over the floor uh and let's hear let's hear what paris thought about the killer thank you matthew 
Um, I really like this movie. Um, the killer hit for me. Yeah, I from the very beginning. The killer killed. What? <laughs> yeah, I was I was struggling not to say that. Um, yeah, from the very beginning, uh, the use of space and narration and a lack of dialogue. There's one scene, one sequence that we can talk about later that I didn't really understand at first. And after reading a little bit on it, I was like, maybe that's probably the only detractor for me. Um, And honestly, just in general impressions, like I would say this definitely isn't my favorite Fincher film. Like I was looking at my list of ranked Fincher films and honestly, it's definitely in the second half, like the latter, the bottom half out of the 11 films that he's done ever but here's the thing i don't really believe that there's such thing as a bad fincher film because neither both of you said david fincher isn't really your guy david fincher is my guy for sure like before i really knew how to talk about film and movies like i just loved everything he did and i really connected with it and yeah, I wouldn't say it's his best, but I still think it's great. I feel the weird part is that I agree with you, but I feel like you're going to give this movie a way higher star rating than I am. Like, I would well, also put it, it like, was... in the lower half of his filmography, but, but it's I not think his worst. all of his... Uh, sure but i think all of his filmography is great like like even like like i would i'm looking at the list right now panic room is 11 11 of gate the game is 10 of 11 mink is 9 of 11 okay let's just say that's the bottom three right those are all still yeah really those good are probably movies. my bottom movies of his too <laughs> but they're all still really good movies like you can't I don't think anyone could argue that they're bad movies. You know what I mean? So like, well, I would argue fin- or yeah. Fincher. <laughs> I would argue Mank is a is a bad movie, but I I, have I a very liked Mank though. I know yeah, you yeah. didn't like Mank, but I did like it. I also think that I would say I, good to great. Okay, sure, but not bad, right? Right. Yeah. None of them are bad, and so that's he has saying, a pretty like, good resume. Yeah, like of all the directors that I like you know, follow and watch a lot of, like, his is the most where I I love most of his movies and I like all of his movies. And so for me, for me, putting him in the bottom half is not saying as much as for you, I think, Matt. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, well, so I guess um, we can talk about like, you guys really didn't find this movie boring at all? Mm, not kind of really. a question, but I mean, you... I could uh, see how you, you might. Um, I might have like, lost interest momentarily here and there, but I think that just, like, comes with watching a movie at home. You know, unless it's, like, amazing, sometimes I, I wonder. <laughs> I also think this movie is slow, so I definitely understand... Like, yeah. I wasn't bored at all, but I definitely understand why one might be, for sure. I think that, for me, the tension in all of the slow scenes built it up for me in a place where my eyes were glued to the screen. So, I I really only felt tension in probably, I, I would say, two 
sequences in the movie and they were like very well done and they're the reason why i'm still going to ultimately give this movie a positive score well the initial the initial sequence the uh, opening misfire assassination yeah this movie has chapters so the misfire would be the first one Mm -hmm. including the vespa chase pretty good yeah that was really good i mean well not that it was really a chase it was more of like a getaway uh it was you know. better than a chase like like truly i, I well he wasn't really being chased of... he was no, just... that's what i'm saying like <laughs> it was it was just an escape yeah and that was to me so much more interesting than just your typical chase through city streets yeah i agree it was really good it was kind of giving me drive vibes a little bit though i think drives introductory sequences is better than this but oh yeah that's an all-timer man <laughs> but it was kind of giving me that kind of vibe it definitely looked amazing i love that um and the other example um would be the scene like the fight scene i guess in the house where he could that was awesome uh, the brute i think is what he's called um that was really like from start to finish like that was really well constructed and i will say though that it was kind of dark like uh visually like the fight scene in the house for me like i had a hard time i don't know like i understand that like it doesn't need to be lit like a fucking john wick movie but like i i kind of wish there was more light in that house so that you could actually see what was happening because it got kind of muddy especially when you're putting when you're dumping this movie on streaming like yeah you know, the black when it's dark, I don't care how good your internet connection or how good your TV is. Like there are moments where like the dark, the black blacks are kind of pixelated because it just can't. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like it just it doesn't lend yeah, well I, to streaming. I would agree. Know? I mean, the whole movie is kind of dark in a sense. Um, as so, long as it's not daylight, it's a pretty darkly lit movie. Yeah. I mean, Matt, maybe that was your TV because we've talked about this before about. Oh, how you go. had an issue with that before <laughs> yeah. and no i'm not trying to be i'm not trying to be a dick i just mean like maybe i i didn't have any issues with it check your settings dog is what she's saying <laughs> i got my brightness <laughs> up higher than it probably should be i don't what i don't remember complaining about darkness in a in a movie recently anyway uh maybe maybe one time but i don't recall the specific reference now I, I would agree with you that th- that scene in particular is a little dark and the movie in general is a little dark but i thought that sequence was awesome and kind of took me by surprise because one like the length and like gruesomeness of it all or just like the the brutality of it and then just it i wasn't expecting this like huge hand-to-hand combat sequence in the middle of a fincher movie so I guess, yeah, I really like that it kind of took me by surprise and was probably, you know, the standout. I mean, if it's not the standout, it's definitely in the top, like, two or three moments of the movie. Yeah, it was a cool sequence. But again, it's not something that I was, like, in awe of, something I was blown away by that is, like, making me want to rewatch the movie, you know? Right. It's no John Wick. Right. It's no John Wick. But I guess, so I I would be curious to hear from you guys. My main issue with the movie, and part of the reason why it it does feel disposable to me, is 
just the structure of it. Like, I okay, I won't be too specific. I don't think we need to do like a spoiler sec- section about this movie, but like, basically, he has a hit. He fucks it up, and then the rest of the movie is him like. I don't know if you call it a revenge movie, but like he's systematically. It doesn't like, feel like, like a revenge movie, but it is. It is in structure. <laughs> like each chapter is a different component of the story, and I just the whole time I would just ha- couldn't escape the feeling of like why, like why do I care? You know what I mean? Like why should I care that he is seeking retribution when it was his own fuck up, and it was all protocol, and then. You don't think you should care that about like, him? No, an I innocent don't. person got almost innocent? murdered. This is a hitman we're talking about. I'm not talking I mean, about no. Michael Fassbender. I'm talking about his <laughs> lady love. Yeah, while we're talking about innocent people, though, I have a pretty big problem with him killing a certain. Okay. Uh, now it's getting into spoiler stuff, but like he kills someone who in the moment I was like, wow, really? Like you're going to kill that person. And then I thought he would stick to like that principle. And then a pretty major character gets away clean at the end of it. And there are like class dynamics to it that just rub me the wrong way. Just because mm, who I am yes. as a person, but like that I really didn't at like the end. I would like to talk about because that was what I mentioned earlier when I said that's maybe the only sequence that I that is the one didn't okay. like. Yeah, maybe we should do a very brief spoiler section then. So we we should circle back and we can talk more openly about some of that stuff um, briefly later. But while we're still in general impressions, Travis. Well, I did like the aspect of like how much of a perfectionist he was, or you know, how, like how quirky he was, and then. Um, the, the moment happens where he botches the job and then it turns into this revenge movie and he's, you know, he's, he's like trying to recover from that moment the whole movie and keeps like stumbling along the way, but also getting away with it, um, which I also found kind of interesting. Like some of the stuff he does is pretty obvious, but everyone in the movie just doesn't even like bat an eye to it. Um just like, I mean, I didn't catch this while watching it, but even the, the, the alias he, he, he uses is um, like names from like 70s sitcoms. And then just like the way he disposes of stuff and like the way he orders like a fob like reader on Amazon, he's able to do everything just kind of out in the open. But it's like, I don't know, I kind of like the perception where he thinks he's this like expert, but in reality... He's not. He doesn't think he is, though. I mean, he like this movie is fucking half monologue, internal monologue, and he openly admits that he doesn't feel that he's exceptional. He's just like, but he aspires to be at least. I mean, does he though? I think he just like perfected his craft. I think prior to this point, he thinks that he is the best at what he does. He said he's batting a thousand, right? Like he's done this a million billion times. He's never missed. He's never made a mistake. Like he, I think prior to the events of this movie, our narrator, our main, our protagonist values himself very highly. But this, the, the, the sequence I'm talking about where he says he doesn't think he's exceptional is in that same sequence where he says he's batting a thousand. I feel like it's almost more of a like, 
I don't think I'm exceptional. Let me tell you why I am. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't feel like we're meant to take that at face value. Well, yeah. I mean, there's definitely an element of, like, this movie is almost like the anti-fight club in a way that it's like he that movie has the problem of like so many like macho like bro types adore the Tyler Durden character and that was like not you know the point that's the opposite point of the movie right so this is almost like going the opposite direction not the opposite direction but like it's 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 dealing with the notion of like masculine superiority and this guy who like thinks he's so good at his job but he's also openly admitting that he's like not exceptional he's just dedicated to his craft kind of thing and i just i don't know i had a hard time like getting invested in in this movie and in this story and i feel like the style elements and the other like tertiary components of the film like the, like the humor for example i think works pretty well for me there's like moments that are like it's a very dry humor obviously but like there's a moment where uh fast character is like in the airport and he's like trying to talk himself down and he just like looks at himself in the mirror and he says hey and then he just like leaves the bathroom like that got a laugh out of me it's just like so silly but it worked for me and there's like a couple other moments that i think are going for humor that it did work for me but overall just like i don't know it just felt kind of tonally not really hitting for me across the board i don't know like obviously you can't deny the craft it, it, it looks awesome and have either just, of you read killing them softly the book that was then turned into a movie with brad pitt no uh love the movie but have not read the book Okay. Have you seen the movie, Matt? Yeah, I've seen the movie. Okay. Would you... So I haven't seen the movie, but I read the book for that one. And the whole movie, this the killer was... <laughs> so I was going to yeah. ask. So it, it really reminded me of that book. And I was curious because the killer is also based on a book. Do you, Did y'all see similarities in this movie and Killing Them Softly? Yeah. I, mm. I think that's... I mean, I think... As far as pacing goes, I think that's an apt comparison. As far as, like, that's not a movie that has, like... If anything, The Killer is a more entertaining movie. But Killing Them Softly is a more interesting movie. Um, so I think it's an apt comparison as far as, like, they're both very deliberately paced. And I don't, I'm, I don't love that movie by any means, but I do ultimately like it more than The Killer. I think, um, Travis, you what do you do. think? Do well, I just, just um, fact check my uh, my star rating on uh, Killing Them Softly? No, I just Killing Them Softly. You do, I know. You do. <laughs> no, I just think Killing Them Softly is a little bit more memorable and has a little bit more going on. Like I would, I would, I would want to revisit Killing Them Softly like five times more before I revisit The Killer. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at your fucking five star ratings back to back yeah. on the rewatches. I mean, yeah. Duh. <laughs> but I, th- I think that's a fair comparison for Paris to make, yeah. though, right? Like, I mean, but yeah, I don't know. Killing Softly is a little more fun to me. Like, there's there's more characters and um, there's some good like character roles in there. Like Ben Mendelsohn and Scoot McNary 
uh, even them alone add like a nice little like flair and fun to the movie and like i don't know there's just so many good actors in killing them softly and for me it's hard to compare the two because a lot of the killer is michael fassbender and when i think of killing them softly it's like an ensemble yeah that's fair that's really interesting because in the book killing them softly is told from the perspective of our brad pitt protagonist I, I guess the Brad Pitt character again. I haven't seen the movie. I mean, it's still so told it from his perspective, but there's so many like, you know, characters that get get like prominent moments in that movie. While this one is primarily focused on Fassbender's character the entire time. This movie also doesn't have memorable side characters except for Tilda Swinton, and even yeah. then, it's like, like th- that that sequence is one of the sequences where I was like at least invested on a character level. You know, I like, I didn't know like, why is he taking this meeting? But it's also kind of all laid out in the script with Tilda Swinton's character saying like, Oh, I, I don't understand why you haven't killed me. Why are you here? Like it's, it's, it's very literal. So I like, I can't I have a hard time like commending that scene, but at the same time I do really like that character and you know, the whole Q-tip thing. I thought was funny. It got a good uh, uh, chuckle out of me. But again, that was another moment where I was like, okay, so we, we checked another box and we move on to the next box. And it's just like at a certain point, I get tired of just watching a movie where all we're doing is just checking boxes leading toward, you know, a climax that didn't climax for me. You didn't Um, climax? Not once, no. You didn't even get hard. <laughs> you didn't even get hard? Is that what That's you just fair. said? No, I didn't get hard at all. I, I don't... I have four questions, and I don't want them answered. I just... <laughs> I can't... No. Okay. I... Do we, <laughs> do we have other, uh, other general thoughts before we do uh, dip into our spoiler section? Uh, what? Okay. I got to uh, ask. Okay, sorry, sorry. I got to ask one of my questions. Go for it. Um, okay. <laughs> if we're talking about a movie that doesn't have, like, sexy ladies in it, like, what – is it, like, a good action sequence? Or what are you saying that would, like, get you hard? Just, you know, not, this isn't about sex, Paris. Come on. I don't have, I don't have to get hard <laughs> for sex. Come no, on. that's what I was saying. Like, obviously, I think that's not what we're talking about. So, like, I'm saying aside from that, like – what is a sequence in a movie that would do that for you? Lots of things get me hard. You know, vibes. This movie's vibes are off for me. You know, I would really strongly disagree. Vibes. I would say the vibes. <laughs> I would say, if anything, the vibes are high key on. And maybe your dick needs to pay more attention. No, vibes are kind of boring. Vibes are kind of boring in this movie. Um, I, I think there's two sequences. I mean, we've already touched on them, but I think those sequences got me a little hard. Yeah, but like, are you, have you, did you go to sleep thinking about those sequences? I didn't jerk uh, off to him, no. Right. All right. I don't, okay. So what I'm hearing just, was is. That, was that your question? Yeah. So what I'm hearing is Matt, soft as possibly can be, maybe went inside him, who's to say? Travis got half a half chub. chub, probably won't be <laughs> thinking about it when he's jerking later. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, that's, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But I, like yeah. the the, the sawed off shotgun sequence and killing them softly, hard. Uh, that movie's over ten years old, and you know, <laughs> I still think about it. You know, 
That's still what I'm saying, hard though. Like, what are, <laughs> what are you going to be softly on either of y'all's top 100? No. Mm, I don't uh, like maybe it should have been. No. I give that movie four stars. Travis, maybe. Yeah. I'd have to check I, the I tape. think any movie that gets you hard like should automatically be on your 100, right? No, hey, there I might mean, be more than we 100 movies a, that get me hard. Yeah, doing <laughs> really? a top 1,000 list, maybe. Y'all, I, I did my top 50 recently, and I re-looked through it, and I was like, I need to get rid of some of these. I don't even have 50. You don't have 50. You give oh. every movie five stars. What are you talking about? That's, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's wild. I was trying to, like, do, like, top 50. Like, these are movies I think about all the time that I rewatch, that I want to watch, that are, I think are just the pinnacle of cinema. And I barely, I've got, like, 49 right now. You it's realize it's just, it's just Charlie Kaufman is what you realized. He's the only <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of his movies is my favorite of all time. But and none of his other movies are them. on the list. They're just waiting for you, Paris. So you just uh, gotta make the time. Um, okay, do we want to drop star ratings and uh, do a brief spoiler discussion? I had a couple brief little notes. Yeah, let's hear them. Um, I really like the sound design, specifically in terms of how music was used in the movie. You mean how the Smiths was used in the movie? Mm-hmm. But just, so, I mean, just, yeah, the way it was used in certain sequences where, you know, it, we would get it for a moment, but it was, like, kind of all from his point of view. And like his it went from being diegetic AirPods. to the other one? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Congetic or whatever. Non, the non, non-diegetic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Settle down. No, we got you. Listen, you get you get the points just for saying diegetic. So you already yeah. you already earned yep, yep, the yep, points. Yes, this is this is where I earned my film bro stripes. We've talked about this. <laughs> I kind of like I agree with you, but at the same time, as a fan of the Smiths, I just kind of wanted to vibe out to the Smiths, and then it was just constantly cutting it off, so I couldn't hear it. And then it'd come back for like five seconds, and I'm like, hell yeah! And then it would go away. So Matt's you know. vibes were completely off this whole Sh- completely movie. shot, yeah. <laughs> completely shot. So I will say at the beginning, I didn't like it. I, I saw like, you know, Trent Reznor, music by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is going to rule. Obviously, Fincher, no doubt, no doubt. And then that beginning sequence where they did do that, where it went like soft to loud to soft to loud. I was like, shut up. I was so mad. I was getting so <laughs> irritated by it. And then after, I was like, oh, I feel like that was intentional to, like, ramp up the feeling during that sequence. Yeah, it's put to good use, but, I mean, I don't know. The music choice, like, did I really buy that this guy, like, there's a humorous element. Like when in the beginning when he pulls yeah, up his like fucking the MP3 player, it literally says work thing. playlist and it's just yes. nothing but there's like, No, there's work playlist, workout playlist. Like it's just all, it's just, it's so funny. It is funny, but like in execution, there was a certain point where I was like, okay, in this, do I really buy that this guy, his thing is the Smiths? It's not an important note, but it just felt like style for style's sake. And then, um, basically the only other music that stood out to me was when he goes back to his house and there's music playing on the stereo and it's um, Portishead and I was like at first I was confused because I didn't, I didn't know if it was like 
like what the context was. I didn't know like, who else lives there. I was like, okay, who the fuck in this house is listening to Portishead? So like, I guess it didn't really strike <laughs> me as like that weird. But again, I was like, Portishead, really? That's what we're doing here. Um, so the music, I don't know. The music, I think it was they're just trying to me. say that Michael Fassbender and his lady love are just like really, like really cool, chill, like they have taste, babies. <laughs> and Do you like, have taste you know... if you only listen to the Smiths? Though I mean, like I don't know, that's uh, a little weird. It's, it's you tell me. You literally named your cat Morrissey, okay? So just like maybe take a fucking Jill Bill. Oh yeah, and God. I hate him with my whole being. What's your point? <laughs> Morrissey the man and Morrissey the cat. What are you what are you getting at? Oh, speaking Great of music, the fucking though. devil. He literally just meowed at my fucking ankles. Well, you called God. his name. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, you just that's said his true. name like a bunch. He's probably hungry. Um Okay. Last note, I will say um this did feel a little bit like a Soderbergh movie. Um, th- yes, yes, mainly that is exactly. Thank you. That's what I've been trying to figure out. Kimmy or and or Haywire, and I think it's a good comparison because Soderbergh is a director that I like and makes good to great movies, but still really isn't my guy. And I don't think any of his movies were in my top one hundred. Um, I think I prefer Fincher or Fincher has like higher highs than Soderbergh, but this felt like one of those like Soderbergh movies where, you know, he released it. It's, it's entertaining. It's good, but it just doesn't like elevate itself. He easily could have made this movie. Oh yeah. I wouldn't have in his sleep. (laughs) He could have made it, but it would have, it would have been completely different. I don't I don't know if it would have been that different though. I hadn't I hadn't made the Soderbergh It wouldn't have been dark yet. and moody. It would have been slick and funnier. Like, yeah. Come on. I mean, I I'll take Kimmy over the killer any day any day of the week. Kimmy? Well, I haven't seen Kimmy, so That is what it's uh-huh. called, right? That's that's not true. We we did it for the podcast. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot because but Kimmy's so Kimmy is one of those movies. I literally forgot about it. Kimmy is very solid, but like it's not it's a not. movie I think about. It's not a movie I like really care to like revisit often. Honestly, just, I could say that with all of it does its, it does its job. Fincher is yeah. Fincher. I think about constantly, all the time, even the ones I don't like that much. Fair, interesting. Okay, well, do we want to draw stars? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to drop 3.5 on the most mid-movie of the year. 3.5. Well, Matt, I'm not far from you. I'm at a four-star. Okay. Um, I am at a five. Wow. Loved the killer. <laughs> I will say I it's definitely a low five. I did vary between four and a half and five for quite a bit. But when I looked at my list for the year and I kind of, I've been kind of trying to judge things both based on how I would rate them singularly and how I would rate them based on what else I already rated. And I think that bumped me up to a five for this Damn, one. The bad year bump, huh? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I feel honestly, like there's a little bit of that within my rating as well. I would say I'm, all of all of my like top twenty movies this year are a little bad year bump. 
A- any new any new releases I watch this year are getting a little bit of a bump if I do like them, just because I've been like starved to give good scores to movies this year. <laughs> oh man, just gotta yeah, do what same. I do and just fucking only watch bangers exclusively. You know, oh, you Matt, I, I'm glad you brought that true. up. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. That this is why you gave this movie a three point five. It's in your era of bangers only, and this does not technically qualify in the bangers only category in my opinion correct but i'm not quitting my job over it but you know right i'm not you know my patience is low these days so i get it especially when there's so many the movies that i watch and we'll get into it in what we've been watching the movies i watched weren't even like high on my (laughs) radar i was just like i should watch these i'm sick and i did and they were huge so anyway Let's move into a, a very brief spoiler discussion. So if you have not yet seen The Killer, check the show notes. Skip ahead a little bit. Um, let's start right at the end, right? So he checks off all these boxes. He takes out the two people who uh, tried to assassinate him and ended up harming his girlfriend. He took out his handler or whatever you want to call him. And then he reaches the point where he gets to actually confront the client and his speech wasn't any more or less convincing than the other people he murdered, but he decides to let that guy off. And then the movie just kind of ends with him like with his girlfriend and then he like winks at the camera, right? Did I imagine that? Like winks or something, and then the movie ends. I didn't see that. He's wearing sunglasses. He does something. I feel like there's like some kind of like maybe he just like flinches or I don't remember the the Finch the Finch. Keep flinch. talking about. It. I'll pull it up on my phone. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it pulled up. Just pulled up right in the browser. Um, but I was like, really, you're gonna kill the cab driver, the brown dude in the Dominican Republic who literally was just doing his job. You're gonna kill that guy but you're not gonna kill the fucking billionaire like i don't know i was really put off by the way the movie ended i was like if you're gonna commit to the bit kill the billionaire like if you're gonna if you're just gonna do scorched earth campaign i don't i i true i just don't understand why he let him live like maybe there's something that i missed maybe one of you two can fill in the blank but i I reached the end of the movie and i was like really this guy the guy who was like oh i I didn't know the sub pop guy yeah the sub pop guy (laughs) maybe that's part of the context i don't know maybe finch's fucking finchers you know galaxy brain and it just went over my head i don't know but i really was put off by the end of it and i know harris that you also had a strong reaction to that i said at during initial thoughts that the ending was a bit underwhelming for me and Honestly, I've, I think I started to lose interest a little bit towards the end, like especially when that scene took place. Uh, but Matt, I am watching the end of this movie on my phone here, and he's not winking at the camera. He Does puts he his sunglasses something? on and puts his head back, like he leans back in his little chair um, with his with his woman. But um, that's about it. He doesn't like. Ah, I thought there was some sort of like. Oh, like actually, flinches or something. He does. Like, he at the last like yeah. shot is him. His eyes like twitching. Yeah, it's not a wink though. I wouldn't okay. call it. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I admitted I can't remember if it was a wink or not. But there's do some. Do you guys sort think of that's way. purposeful or just his body? Uh, a thousand it's definitely percent. Purposeful. Definitely purposeful. <laughs> okay, but why though? Exactly. I don't know. He's got the itch to. 
Get out there again. I can't remember. So now oh, that I think like about maybe it. maybe he's supposed to be retired, but it's sort of this like. Yeah. I can't yeah. be retired. I can't just enjoy this life on the beach. I have yeah. to go back to killing because that's what I'm good at. And that's what I do. I don't I don't think that's it, though. I don't know if you have the subtitles. No, Matt, on. that's it. I think well, that's no, just- it. <laughs> a version of that, at least. But I think that's it. If I remember correctly, I don't know if you have the subtitles on Travis, but he's talking about like, I'm just like you. Or something. That's how it ended. He was like, it, right, it, it was a call. It was a callback to like, um, you know, there's there's many of us. It turns out I'm just like one of you. Or that's what he's saying at the end of the right. Movie. Yes, yeah. And I remember thinking like, okay, well, like in the, the brief time we're, we're all given, you can't accept this. Well, maybe you're not one of the few. Maybe you're one of the many. Takes like a deep me. breath. Maybe you're just like me. And the movie ends with the twitch. Oh, one of the many. Yep, you're right, Matt. Okay. So okay. he is one of the many. Many. Exactly. Right. So his twitch is like he doesn't want to be the one of the many. He doesn't want to be retired, enjoying his life with millions of dollars. It's just like that other killer was saying, like, oh, you've got so much money stacked up somewhere you're not even spending like you don't do it for the money you do it because you like it like that's what that twitch meant such a much way more boring than i was hoping though you know like if that is actually what the ending is like like the shield the television show did that (laughs) a million times better over seven seasons 20 years ago you know like (laughs) I just for the record that's one of Matt's favorite TV shows. Oh, probably my favorite dramatic okay. television show okay. anyway. Damn. Okay, well anyway, so uh, that doesn't negate the what we were talking about with the whole letting the billionaire live like I I don't know. I just I really I was already having a hard time figuring out why I should care about this movie or this character or anything that I was watching and then for that to happen I was like I don't know that like if I'm being honest, that was probably like a half star downgrade for me. I was like, yeah, this movie is good. It's not remarkable, but I can't deny that it's like, you know, I was entertained and a little boring, but whatever. And then that happened. And I was like, oh, man, really? That's how we're going to end this movie? It like it took me honestly down same like that. That's where I went from a five star to almost it took you a four from and a half. And I'm a still yeah. no, no, no. I like was like a solid <laughs> five the whole thing. And then I went down to four and a half and then I'm back and forth. Honestly, the. It, I, it's not a. I, I don't know if I was clear enough before. That's not a solid rating. It could change definitely. I'm not locked in on that one, um, and a lot of it is because of that ending. Like I didn't understand why he wouldn't kill the billionaire. Like it doesn't make any sense. When I mean, of all the people, the billionaire's the most responsible. He's the one that put the hit out on him. Right. Yeah. And he's a billionaire, so he's inherently a bad person and i loved the aspect of like how this billionaire guy is so protected and all of his his secure tower and yet this guy was still able to get in using something he got off of amazon and following around at the gym like i loved that and to have it sorry and i just realized i may be talking myself down a star um <laughs> a half star um Hell yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, we'll revisit later. But, like, to to do all that, to get to that point, I didn't get it. 
so I read some things after that was I was like why do other people feel like that happened and they said that basically if he killed the billionaire because of the security around him etc he would have to be on the run for like the rest of his life and in order to not do that in order to have the billionaire under his thumb and like not have to be on the run for the rest of his life he didn't kill him yeah it was a power move matt He's yeah, like, I'll let you go this time, but next time, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah, and he, he says that explicitly, but like at that point, why does he have to do any of the things that he does? Like, because, you know, like the, the guy, the first guy he kills, his handler, is like, I didn't think you would go home. I just assumed you would, like, start a life somewhere. Like, I guess, I guess... It's because this was the only way he could still enjoy his life with his girlfriend. But it's like, why am I supposed to care that this guy right. gets to enjoy his life with his girlfriend? Like, I mean, she's you in care the movie about for him two seconds. The protagonist. I don't care about him though. That's part of the issue that I have with the movie. And you know, I don't. I don't have to like. I don't have to like the protagonist of a movie to enjoy. Right. It, right? Like that's right. that's not really the issue. I guess it was more so just like. I wasn't rooting for him. I wasn't rooting against him. This movie didn't make me feel things. It just kind of happened to me. And I just struggled with, like, why do I care about this story or these characters or anything I'm watching? I just, like, I don't know. I just There was nothing I could, like, really grab onto that I could, like, get into while still, you know, admiring what I was watching. You know, I, it's obviously not a bad movie, but... I think uh, Manola Dargis of the New York Times sums up your thoughts exactly, Matt. Mm. She says, The character is boring and so is this movie, but like the supremely skilled Fincher who can't help but make images that hold your gaze even as your mind wanders, Fassbender does keep you watching. That about nails it. Manola Dargis, <laughs> she just pro- she's proved why she's the superior New York Times film critic. I can't even remember the other guy's name, but I don't like that guy. Yeah, fuck uh, that guy. Not Richard Brody. <laughs> um, he is a Brody, uh, though. I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the other critic's name, but anyway. Damn. That's why she gets paid the big bucks and we don't, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Well, are there other thoughts about uh, about the killer, about the ending? Anything else while we're in spoilers that we wanted to... Uh, Oh, just just so there's no confusion. I was talking about the cab driver earlier when I was like, why does he need to kill him? I was hoping he wouldn't, right. and then he did. And I was like, oh, man. Like, that was the that was the one part of the movie where I like, felt some type of way, you know? Like, he could have been redeemed, and, like, the cab driver literally, of all the people in this whole movie, the cab dri- driver literally didn't do anything wrong. Yes, he's the only person he killed that, like, truly was just an innocent bystander. And I know the movie is, like, explicit of, like, you know, only do what you're paid to do. There are, you know, people who will come in the crosshairs. But but that happened. I was like, oh, man. But then for him not to kill the billionaire, I was just like, man, I really just can't. I can't get on board with this. But I did well, appreciate the touch. Well, you know, Matt, touch. he might also, the, the protagonist has a lot of money. We don't know how much money. He might be a capitalist. Well, I think we can safely say that he <laughs> is very much a capitalist. But... I think what kind of rubbed me the wrong way, not so much that stuff, but just like 
I don't know. Like I Michael Fassbender gives a good performance in this movie, but it's like it's not anything we haven't seen before, right? Like the cold calculated killer trope. Like it's well worn territory. I don't necessarily feel like Matt Fa- like Fassbender brings anything like unique to the role that we haven't seen before. You know what I mean? Like there it, it just didn't go above and beyond in any particular way. And not that the movie is required to just because it's a Fincher movie, but like, I don't know. I just, I wanted more from it and it just felt kind of by the numbers outside of a couple well-directed sequences. Yeah. I mean, I would mostly agree with you, but I, I feel like I'm a bit more positive than you. Yeah. Only by a half star though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I don't know. I'm probably not going to rewatch this movie. Would you believe that I haven't? Well, re-watched? I probably won't either, to be honest. I mean, there's so <laughs> many movies out there. <laughs> yeah, this one's not. This one's not calling to you. I don't no. think I have rewatched. Oh man, I need to fact check myself real quick. I don't think I've seen a Fincher movie more than once, besides The Social Network and Zodiac. What? Or no, Fight Seven Club. once. Um, yes, I've only seen seven once. Um, I think I've seen Fight Club twice. So okay. that would be the exception. I feel like this is a movie that doesn't really like demand a rewatch, though. You kind of get what you get from it the first time. And I mean, unless you like want to be entertained and you don't care to like check something else out. <laughs> I think, think of a movie like Prisoners, though, right? <clears throat> Like Danny Villeneuve's Prisoners. It's not like, is that your favorite movie of all time? No. No. Right? But how many times have you seen Prisoners? Two or like three times. Oh, oh, you've only seen it once, Paris. Okay. Well, that movie but is I like, do love Prisoners. Yeah. And has a lot more going on than The Killer. But it's not that different though, right? I mean, it's, it's a thriller. It's like, yeah, I mean, there are things... But I just mean like it just because it's like Prisoners is a completely different movie, Matt. Like the two I think it I think it hinges on I mean, he is an interesting character, but at the same time he is kind of boring and you follow him the entire movie. So it's kind of like you know, you can praise it for that, but then also fault it for that as well. But like the Prisoners has like this huge mystery behind it. It has an iconic ending in my opinion it has great performances across the board there's a lot more like interesting aspects to that than this exactly this is kind of one note you're yeah you're making my point for me that's literally what i'm saying well i mean it's an easy point to me (laughs) but i I just it's a that's a movie that is like you know it's not that crazy of a plot right i mean it's a you know yeah i'm gonna tell you something what I didn't like Prisoners as much as y'all did. We got to rewatch it. Crazy talk. <laughs> Prisoners rule. Yeah, I remember being really excited to watch it, and then it was really interesting, but ultimately I was kind of like, meh. Interesting. The weird part is that it's better than literally every Fincher movie, except for Social Network and Zodiac. But, okay. <laughs> but I digress. Well, <laughs> I digress, guys. I, I would say Social Social Network is only Fincher's fifth best movie. So well, I don't even know what we're talking about right now. I mean, it's one of the best. So movies you can digress all you want, Matt, but you're still wrong. Okay, no, but movie rules. Well, I would go as to far as say as Prisoners is my favorite Denny movie, and 
I like it more than any Fincher movie. So, but I guess what we're really trying to say (laughs) is that Fincher is a Netflix jobber now, (laughs) and Denny Villeneuve is the future of cinema. I think is really what we're getting. No, I think what we're saying is taste is uh, is subjective. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, 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 fair. All right. Anything else on the killer before we move on? Uh, no, nothing for me. Paris? Nope. Cool. Okay. Uh, before we move on to what we've been watching, let's take a very quick break and we will be right back. All right. We are back. Let's go ahead and move into what we've been watching. Any volunteers that want to take charge here or, uh, what's the dealio? What you guys been up to? Hmm. I have a lot of stuff, so it's just a matter of What? <laughs> well, I say anything that you actually have thoughts on that you want to share with us and our listeners, just dive okay. right in. I've if started that's everything, it's everything. Cram jam. Ooh. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I'm on the fence of if I want to like dive in or just check out and wait for the the few bangers that are left to be released this year. Because so far, the Cram Jam has been mildly successful. Ooh, okay. And, you know, do I watch mid-movies from 2023, or do I take Matt's approach and do bangers only? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we only live once, so. Mm-hmm. You're not going to watch every movie ever made, mm-hmm. bud. I came to that realization I have this, this week. I have this dilemma every year, and I really have issue with it towards this time of the year because i'm like okay got time to watch movies do i watch 2023 releases or do i start chipping away at the old watch list because if you go the 2023 route there would be mixed results so i will i will go with uh i will probably mostly stick to new stuff um i don't have like a ton to say about any of these or you know regardless we'll keep it brief so i will start with the most recent and kind of work my way down if you guys want to cut in and steal a pick or two then go for it uh so last night i watched this movie called moon garden you ever heard of this Wow, you're really cramming, aren't you? This is a twenty. I didn't well, even fucking heard of this thing. What are you? It is a yes. It is a very like small, low budget movie, but um, technically came out this year, and uh, it's currently streaming on Canopy. If um, you're sharing the same zip code as me, I know Canopy's kind of weird with uh, availability. Um, so this movie has good reviews, and um, it wasn't completely terrible but didn't really dig it uh it looks good at times and i kind of liked what it was going for but the execution and the low budgetness of it all kind of turned me off Uh, essentially it's about this little girl who like goes into a coma her parents don't have the best relationship she's kind of caught in the middle of it and while she's in a coma because she suffers like a head injury she like visits this fantastical world so it it's getting comparisons to like pan's labyrinth and like mad god mad god is probably the the best comparison just because of the weirdness and stop motionness of it all 
Um, but the acting was pretty terrible, especially the, the two parents. It just felt a little too over dramatic for my liking. And, um, yeah, I just feel like the story itself was pretty lacking, but I think there were some cool visuals and some cool like moments or just like creature designs or, you know, like it, it was, it was fun to look at at times, but as a film or like overall, it, it was pretty lackluster. So, um, probably wouldn't recommend this one, but, um, mm. I did watch it. <laughs> okay. Well, I added it to my cram jam note in my phone. I would so remove it's it. At least there. Well, <laughs> I don't have Put a it lot at the of, bottom. I don't have. Yeah, it is at the bottom. I I don't have a lot of stuff. I'm I've been slacking this year, so you know. I probably you might, won't watch it, but you might nice. marvel at some of the imagery or some of the shots. But beyond that, I I don't really see the appeal here. But I could be wrong. Well, I won't prioritize it. We'll say that much. Fair enough. Uh, this might be one that Paris could chime in on, but uh, I went and saw Anatomy of a Fall before it left theaters. I saw Paris logged it, but did not rate it. So that was a, an here. accident. Um, oh. I just realized <laughs> I had rated all of them. So I've watched a bunch of recent movies. Wait, and so I you've seen them, it, though? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. And I rated all of them part. in my list, but I realized I didn't rate them in my diary, so they like don't show up. So I've re-rated now. So maybe we talk about this one briefly. Spoiler free for Matthew. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I plan on watching it. So What did Let's you think it. of it, Paris, since you're in the dark with your star rating? Yeah, well, I mean, I will say I had no thoughts going in. Uh, I didn't know what it was about, nothing. I just knew people were talking about it. It seemed interesting. I went by myself, which was kind of a new experience for Which me. theater? Regal Meridian or Northgate? I went to Seattle 10. Oh, you AMC. went to AMC? Yeah, I have oh. A-list. Oh, I thought you were a Regal alumni like Matt and I. No, no you and Matt are Regal. I uh, stick with A-list. Well, okay. Fair it's, enough. I do love the Nicole Kidman. I, that is my favorite thing. I only assume uh, that because we all went and saw Renfield at Regal that one time, but I we, guess you we were just did. being nice. I had to pay for it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was yeah, me. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, two of the three of us okay. didn't have to pay for it. I was like, that's okay. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so, so I mean, overall, I think it was good. I enjoyed it. I think I felt like I kind of... I actually have two articles currently still open on my phone to read about it because I kind of feel like I maybe didn't understand it. Hmm. Well, I will say it's maybe not one of my favorite movies of the year, but it, it might be one of the best movies of the year. And so as a result, it might make my top 10 just because of the lackluster Whoa, really? year. Mm hmm. Huh. But um, yeah, I really liked it. Um, I like the the setup of it and the way the whole trial is done and the recreations of the incident. And then I think it is just kind of a fascinating exploration of like a failed marriage and there's a like murder element involved with it. 
um, well, which is I will say, like very movie esque. Um, yeah. But for, for, yeah, for I, a movie that like goes on about it's a failed marriage, it's about a court case, it's about dramatic things, it's about someone is dead. You know, I think for all of that, it's actually very funny, and that was the big a big highlight for me. It's sort of like quirky and weird. And really funny in a lot of moments. Like, all the recreations of what happened to lead to that person's death. Like, they read as comedy to me. And I don't know what you thought about that. Yeah, it does kind of have a weird sense of humor to it. Or, like, quirky sense of humor. Um, but, yeah, I just I, I just really like the way it explored the marriage and both sides of it. And then the kid being in the middle of it and him having an, um, kind of an interesting angle to it because he is, you know, obviously caught in the middle, but he's also blind. So that adds like another layer to it all. Um, also, yeah, Matt, um, I, I think I the one thing that's, that's oh. holding it back for, for me is that I don't necessarily love courtroom dramas. And so like a two and a half hour movie that is mostly that, kind of takes it down for me but that's more of like a personal thing um but I, I do think it's like really well crafted and i think it's one of those movies that can like generate a lot of discussion we're going to keep it brief for matt but um yeah i think it's one of those like fun movies to talk about for sure yeah matt i would i would say definitely add this to your watch list it's on the list it, it didn't play here um like at all. I went down to Northgate to go see it. Did you? Okay. Yep. Travis, you should have let me know, man. Months. I would have come and saw it with you. Well, I just went like a few days ago. I was dragging ass to see it. Mm. <laughs> I don't even think it's still... Like, I think it, it was a pretty short run here. Like, I don't even think a few days ago it was showing, like, down closer here. Yeah, I think it... There's a lot of new movies coming out this weekend, so it's probably going to get wiped you know, come oh, yeah. Thursday or Friday. But um, yeah, I felt like I had to go check it out before it left. Yeah, I've been hearing buzz about this movie for, for months. Well, it did win the Palme d'Or. So it's yeah. it's one of the like, you know, big buzzy old oh, yeah. movies of the year. But um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I do want to watch it. I've seen a fair amount of like people who love it, but also like backlash to it too you know people like what not was so much like well not so much like backlash in like a like a vehement sense of like i fucking hate this movie but more so a backlash of like why did this win the palm dior like you know what i mean like i haven't necessarily that seen totally like, makes sense to me really Even negative i don't stuff. love it I, I definitely it, it feels like that kind of movie. What's wild is I'm pretty sure it's a neon movie and I'm pretty sure neon's won the Palme d'Or like the last three or four years. Dude, I, neon really because it is a neon movie. Yeah. Wh whether they acquired it before or after con, I, I don't really know, but I don't know. They just like they seem to pick the right movie that France wants to see that year. <laughs> they got their finger on the pulse. I mean, this doesn't make any money, but. Isn't Files love them. Isn't Con or Can a French film festival? I mean, this yeah. is a French film, so Can is a that French film plays festival. Into yeah. it. But I'm sure um, it's an element. Yeah. I know they've won like the last at least like two, three years now. 
the I know the Triangle Sadness one yep. last year. I can't remember what one the year before the year before that, but I'm pretty sure they're all neon movies. Neon rules. Neon is pretty good. Um, someone else can go next, or I can keep going down the list. Um, I can go real quick. I'll get my non-enlightenment uh, period movies out of my uh, system real quick. Oh, come on. Um, I want That's all I want, Matt. <laughs> I'm waiting for this. Well, I watched a couple. <laughs> so real quick, just to get these out of the way. I watched um, Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, and? Movies dog shit. It's, it's bad. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, there's things that are just... It's a movie that f- comes across to me... Like, it's trying to pander to the audience, and the audience is, like, 15-year-olds who, like, are obsessed with the lore for some reason. Like, there's just so much in this movie that makes no fucking sense to me as someone who's never played any of the games that, like, I I admit that I'm not the audience, so, you know, I guess I can't... It seems like people who love Five Nights at Freddy's really like the movie. But for me, it was boring. I think that Nick Cage movie with the animatronic uh, Wally's Wonder World or whatever. Wonderland, maybe. Was this a game first? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's is like an extremely popular video game series. I've never heard of it before. I haven't heard heard good things about it, but I did hear about the box office office success which is surprising considering the climate of today and movie going well it it blew its load weekend one because this movie has a huge like base of supporters because those video games are like hugely successful but i think it's mostly people younger than we are Mm -hmm. um so you know i've seen like clips of people playing five nights at freddy's but Anyway, it's like it's it's very all over the place. It's ve- it's a very PG thirteen horror movie. All all that comes with that. It just like uh. anytime you want it to be like cool or gory, it just like can't, you know. And it's just so bogged down by its own lore that like I don't know. That's a bummer. It's PG thirteen. I feel like I mean most horror flicks I think need to be rated R, especially if they're going for true. Certain aspects like, you know, gore, shock value, you kind of need the R rating to support that. Yeah. It would have been Can a I hindrance, though, with oh. the with the audience, though, just because it, it skews so young. Uh, I don't think they could have. It would have been a huge mistake financially to make this an yeah. R-rated movie, which, you know, it's unfortunate. But anyway, I don't like it. Paris, what were you about to say? Oh, um, I actually realized I probably shouldn't. It's like off on a tangent. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> we love tangents, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Did you guys know, um, today I found out uh, that Cronenberg uh, was supposed to direct American Psycho. And it was going to be him with Brad Pitt as the lead. That could have been interesting. Yeah. I mean, I Could've. really like Have you have you really all read the, the original? Book? No, the the original no. is amazing, but the book make it feels like you read the book and that's that's a Cronenberg film. Like it's the book is so much more gross and graphic and awful than the movie is. That would have been I did I did listen yeah. to uh Brady Snell's podcast for a moment uh back in the day, but 
that's my uh real that's yeah like that's my only connection to that author hmm. i've never read any of his books yeah me either he does ha- he did have or does slash did ha- hasn't have an interesting podcast. <laughs> he does. Hasn't, I, don't, he I don't know where it stands. I don't know where it stands he these does days. Not but maybe. <laughs> uh, nah, no, I was trying to use a couple slashes there. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, I got you. <laughs> um. Okay. So I watched Fire the Phrase. I gave that two stars. Yeah, I didn't like it, but but you know, it wasn't for me. I admit that. Um. Besides that, I'm fully caught up on the Child's Play slash Chucky film universe. Huge. Um, Haley and I, the only two that I hadn't seen were, well, three actually. Um, I don't know if I talked about Seed of Chucky. I watched Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, and Cult of Chucky. And um, These I are all I'm, newer ones, right? Or newish? Well, Seed of Chucky came out in 2004. Okay. See, um, I'm like the Bride of Chucky era, so anything after that is lost on me. Yes. So if you like Chucky, I wholeheartedly recommend that you watch everything Chucky related. Because <laughs> I literally the only Matt, movie... Matt, that might be the dumbest thing you've ever said. Highest like, recommendation. No shit. <laughs> like, just, what just, are you even talking hold up, about? Hold up. You guys know I'm the biggest Halloween fan, right? Two-thirds of those movies are trash, right? Yeah. Chucky, the lowest score I gave in the whole series is two and a half, and that was Child's Play 3. Every other movie in the series is like a three or a three and a half. So So it's got a pretty good batting average. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't have high highs, but I am like fully invested in Chucky, and I'm ready to claim Chucky as like my... He's my guy, right? My guy. <laughs> and the TV now, show did you, is really good, too. Did you like the remake TV from 2019? No, 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 no. I did not okay, like good, the... Okay, good, because I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good. Yes, Paris, we are now in the third season of the Chucky TV show. And honestly, I think the Chucky TV show is the best in the whole Chucky universe. Like, the TV what? show Damn. really, truly does it for me. I love the Chucky TV show. And the Child's Play remake walked so Megan could run. Absolutely. And I, I don't even love Megan, but you can see the parallels, though. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. No, Chucky remake is not good, but I love the Chucky series. Oh. I love the tone. The television show, honestly, is peak for me. And now that I've seen all the movies, it hits even harder because the TV show is like very much for like Chucky diehards because there's just so many references to like what is that air on? A uh, sci-fi slash USA network. Huge. Oh, what? <laughs> Huge. And I know what? I know that comes with some baggage, but like you can watch oh. it on Peacock. Oh. You can watch it on Peacock. And um, no, I, I think I, I've actually heard decent things about the show. It might have been you, but I have um, talked about it before. Um they're airing season three right now. They just finished the first half. Of season three. All I'm going to tell you, no spoilers, but in the current season of Chucky, uh, Chucky's in the White House, y'all. And it's huge. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, Chucky's <laughs> in the White House. And I am a Chucky stan until the day I die. So 
Um, that's Chucky. Oh, just to talk about the movie. Seed of Chucky, three and a half. Curse of Chucky, three. Cult of Chucky, three and a half. So, like, you know, oh, yeah. not rocking Travis... my world, but I like them. Uh, I forgot. I'm Travis probably shouldn't give his star ratings for Anatomy of a Fall since he said it might be on his top ten, but I gave it three and a half. I forgot to say. He said four and a half. Or maybe you didn't say it, but... I didn't uh, say it, but I saw it. it's on Letterboxd. Oh. So. Yeah, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hiding that. Um, so anyway, yeah. A lot of Chucky movies, Finance of Freddy's, and then the rest are all... Uh, Huge. My renaissance period, which all... I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the movies I watched, but... Um, Paris, you have anything pressing? Um, yeah, I just want to say real quick, uh, Foe seemed interesting to me. Uh, that's Ooh, with yeah. Paul Mescal and Saoirse Ronan. And I was like, oh, the reviews are kind of bad. And then I looked like at Ron Tomatoes and the critic score was low, but the audience score was real high. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe it's kind of dumb or whatever. You guys don't watch it. It's so bad. It's so mind-numbingly awful that by the time we got to the end, I was like, kill me. Stab me in the face, please. Oh, it's so no. bad. I have to say, though, I am going to watch it, though. I mean, okay, but, like, <laughs> don't say I didn't warn you. Like, no, you're you gonna did warn me. Literally tear your eyeballs out of your head. I know, but I have it's, to. It's though. made, okay, and I, I don't like to say this because I think, you know, I don't like to call, you know, whatever, whatever, but it's made for smooth brains, okay? It's like it's like for smooth brain, <laughs> dumb ass, you know, n- you know, sharing a brain cell kind of fucking idiot ass people to think that they're smart and they're watching a smart movie. That is what this movie is about. It's so yeah. stupid. Oh, no. Bummer. Travis, do you know why I want to watch this movie? Mm. Paul well, Mesco? he's talking about the 48-minute mark when you see Saoirse Ronan's titties, I think. Oh! Yeah, that's Oh! You do? That's that's huge. I mean, yeah, literally. Well, now I'm in. So I, I was already that. in, but... No! Um, so, Foe is actually a book, and it's written by Ian Reid, who is, is the that... author of I'm Thinking of Ending. Okay, I was going to guess. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Cool, 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 and I like, cool, cool. I like Foe, the book, a lot. And I would consider Ian Reed one of my favorite authors. So I could definitely see this working way better as a book. And I was thinking about it and was like, this would have been very interesting before I knew it was based on a book. I said, this would have been very interesting as a short story, but it's this just was, so uh, drawn out. Damn. This was directed by the director. So his name is Garth Davis. He directed Lion starring Dev Patel, and he also directed Mary Magdalene, starring Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix. And I think both those movies are kind of polarizing. Well, I think they might have their fans. I'm pretty sure Lion was nominated for some sort of Oscar, maybe performance or... That's um, kind of what put Dev Patel on the map, uh, like, from, like, a prestige perspective, like... Um, that he was. I think he was nominated for best actor, maybe for that. Movie. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. But I, I don't. Yeah, I think this director is somewhat polarizing. But it sounds like Foe is mixed results. Yeah, I know. I it's mean, the critic score reviewed. on Rotten Tomatoes is like a twenty something percent, and I would two point seven that. on Letterbox. That's not great. Yeah, I gave it a yeah. one and a half star. 
Hmm. It's which is bad. Uh, you know, like I'm going to yeah. go into it expecting it to be bad, but I feel like just because I love the source material and the two leads that I have to at least give myself the opportunity to be a contrarian. You know what I mean? So it well, says... Given the fact that you've read it makes me all the more interested for you to watch it to now. See if I, you like know? It. I wonder when yeah. it's going to... It should stream on Amazon because it says it's Amazon yeah. Studios. So. I think it will be I'm going to be honest, you guys. I didn't even know... Like, okay, so I didn't see it in theaters. I'm going to give a little... I'm not going to say their names or where they live or anything, but... The friend that I was with this weekend, they have a thing on their laptop where they go to a website and it just has movies. Yeah. It's called. We don't trust those people. Paris. No, it's not torrenting. I know what torrenting is. It's literally they're streaming the movie from the website. Yeah, that's a torrent. You don't have to download it. You can you can set that up on like a like a fire stick. My dad has one of those. It, was it called? Was it Cineplex? Do you you know? I'm not saying nothing. I said. I, I remember. Um, she doesn't want to get anybody in trouble. There was something called like Cody, I think, back in the day. Yeah, that used Where, to, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I used to Keith. do it with like Project Free <laughs> TV, but the quality was really crap. Oh yeah, that was terrible. And you know, but this was like this was like top notch quality. All the movies that were in theaters, like it was like I was like, holy shit. Because they recently lost their Netflix because they used a friend who's also my ex-boyfriend. They're still using his. They uh, stopped being roommates with him five years ago. And they're still using his best friend from Indiana's Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. And they that's just got kicked off. Mm. Yeah, fuck Netflix. But that's a different conversation. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't get me started. We can't. Subscribe to the Patreon for $99 a month <laughs> to hear us shit on all the streaming services that want to sponsor us, but we won't let them because we have integrity. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will, I will watch it. Uh, when it uh, on honestly, if it's not free, I probably won't go out of my comfort zone to watch it. Yeah, I, I don't know why you would. I think that's probably fair. Uh, shall I continue down the list? Yeah, uh, almost Paris. You had something else you wanted to take the opportunity now to talk about. Yeah, I do. Oh, hell yeah! Get fucked, Travis. <laughs> Paris, let's hear it. I'm here I just for have it. Have a quick. <laughs> I did a rewatch of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Ooh, huge. I'm not going to talk about it too much because mm. obviously we're going to be talking about it a lot at the end of the year. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah, but all I will say is, on a rewatch, even fucking better. Yes. Preach, Paris. See, I'm in a dilemma where, like, I want to love that movie, but when it comes to year-end list making, I'm trying to avoid, like, franchise films. Call me a hero, call me whatever, but... I'll call you a villain. <laughs> yeah, call no, me I villain. get, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But, but like, it just seems a little first... gross to be like, "Oh, John Wick Chapter Four. It's like, no, yeah, I totally okay. get it. John Wick is great. We all know that. Like, yeah, I yeah. get it. But the first... and same thing can be said about this franchise. Yeah, sure, but Into the Spider Verse is in my top fifty of all time. It is a movie I've watched more than fifty times. 
I watch it when Whoa! I'm... Yeah, 50? literally. 50? Yes. 50? 50? I watch it whenever I'm tripping. It she has it on repeat. Literally. It's just literally. always on her TV yeah. on the Roku. <laughs> I, I, I watch 50? it whenever I trip. Like I, I don't think I've seen my favorite movie 50 times. No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I'll, I know I'll tell I you that. <laughs> I mean, I've seen... I don't know if I've 50, seen any movie 50, 50 times. Might, 50 might be an exaggeration, but I've seen it loads of times. I'll give you 20. Is that fair? Pro- okay, 20 is probably more realistic. Yes. I can understand but, that. But at least 20 times, for sure. Okay. Because I watch it... It's your often. Tommy boy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can watch it and then start it over again immediately. And guess what? I did do that once. Like Damn, I, I thought I was the Spider-Man stand. I love here. that movie. Jesus. Well, I don't like all Spider-Man. Spider-Stan? Yeah. I'm not Spider-Stan. a Spider-Stan. That Matt's the Spider-Stan. <laughs> okay. But I and I do like Spider-Man in general. I but I have lots of thoughts and feelings on the live action movies. But this this specific franchise for me, it just hits. Like even the little flaws, like the ending, I totally agree with y'all's review when you're talking about the ending of the It was mostly me. Across the Spider-Verse, where you're like, it should have ended a little bit sooner. And like I definitely that was agree. Me. Okay. Well, Travis, I definitely agree with you. But the ending really it's hit. Still like fun. knowing I will <laughs> say knowing what's coming makes the ending feel better like it feels more, it makes more more sense. finite yes yes yeah knowing because when i was in theaters watching it i didn't know there was going to be a third movie so i was like what the fuck like what are we see doing? i didn't either yeah i was kind of pissed and i did feel like it sort of felt like a letdown and like a weird like anticlimactic you know like it just felt weird like a setup for the next one but i also saw it while time, on vacation so it's just like mm, yeah. Is this a good use of my vacation time? Right, right. Where but were watching you it a second time? Houston. Yeah, it was a good use of your time, buddy. <laughs> now, come on. There's some banger breweries in the area. <laughs> Could have been getting drunk instead. Could have done both. Killed That's two exactly birds. my thought. That's I was true. Guess Went what I was doing theater. while I watched this? <laughs> I was hanging out with a friend in Oregon getting drunk. Tr- not tripping? Not not one of your fifty rewatches on drugs. No, you're saving that. Well, to be fair, I feel like I should I should rewatch the original and rewatch this one before I finalize my list for 2023. You should probably rewatch Spider Man and Spider Man Two and Spider Man Three and the Amazing no. Spider Man. No, and the no. Amazing no. Spider Man no. Two. No, and Spider-Man into the Spider-Man. Across the universe. Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> and Spider-Man away from home well. and Spider-Man far from home and yeah. Spider-Man no way home and Spider-Man no. into a home and Spider-Man MCU nursery guys. home. No, nursery If I dedicate home. myself that much to a franchise, it will literally make me go the opposite direction. Yeah. That's too I much no, exposure. I, I agree. I was joking. Like, I'm over Marvel now, except for Loki. The show is really Oh, you're good. finally. You've come you are low-key off Marvel? I'm high-key off Marvel, y'all. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I like the Marvels is coming it. out, and I'm, like, not even excited about it. Like, this is where I'm finally, yeah, like... Death to Marvel. Um, Let's go. Over it. Yep. Except, except, and this is a big butt, big booty butt, Loki... 
season two is even better than season one, and I really like season one. And low key season two is high key good. Yes. Yes. Every time you say low key, I just. (laughs) Well, you also love saying low key and high key, Paris. So I haven't said those in a long time. I don't, but every time she says the show, I just. That's all Matt, I hear. I haven't said that in forever. You don't, you, we don't even hang out IRL anymore, so you wouldn't know. You check the tape, though. I mean, we we hang out IR uh, internet, IRI. So the fuck? Check, check the tape. That's all I'm saying. In real so, internet. You're so stupid. Opposed to fake internet. You know, <laughs> earlier when I said that was the dumbest thing you've ever said, <laughs> you always managed to correct me. He's outdone himself yet again. More like outdumb himself. Am I right? Damn. I always got it. We've been doing this for how long now? Yeah, I always got to find new ways to outdo myself. Right? Almost eight yourself. years. <laughs> oh, God. Kill me. Eight Literally, you guys started this? in January of 2016, right? Mm, or no, January think, of 2017. I think 2017. Because we covered... we were doing best of 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. Years. Okay, so almost seven years. Huge. Yeah, we're gonna end up. We, on some we list. are huge. <laughs> Ten years from now, we're gonna end up on some list of like the longest running podcasts of all longest time. indie podcast. Indie <laughs> podcast. Um, cool. Across the Spider Verse is awesome, and it, I have more uh, movies, so we'll definitely make my list. Yeah, back to you. Back to you, Travis. Unless you want to interrupt again, Paris. Jeez. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, All so right, I watched I watched The Outwaters, one of the uh, buzzy found footage flicks of the year that's not named Skinnamarink. I thought you had already watched that. Nope. So Kyle did, but yeah. I, so Kyle mistakenly bought it on my Voodoo. So if you have my login credentials or you do subscribe to our Patreon. You can view it on my Voodoo because that is one of the perks of being a Patreon member. Only for the uh, $99 tier. Though. Right, exactly. Because we can only have so many devices connected, so it gets a little dicey unless yeah. you're in that premium tier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I finally checked this out, you know, part of Cram Jam. And I don't know if this is any surprise or if I haven't stated it already, but found footage is not really my jam. I do like the uh, Paranormal Activity franchise of the ones I've seen. If I went back to them, I'd probably like them less. Um, Blair Witch Project, I watched it years ago at home, and it didn't really do much for me. I apologize to everyone for saying that because I know it's beloved. Didn't like Skinnamarink, but I will say at least I appreciated what it was going for and the aesthetic of it. This one in particular, not my jam. Um, The first hour is completely unnecessary. It's almost a two-hour movie. This movie should be maybe 60 minutes. You could maybe push it to to 80, but anything over that, (laughs) crazy talk. So you're already starting off on the wrong foot there. Um, but by the time you get, so the movie is like broken up into three tapes, essentially the third tape is obviously the most interesting. Uh, 
But the problem with this is they don't want to show you anything. It's like it's it's like one of those movies where it's like, oh, it's like it's all in your head. It's your imagination and fuck that, okay? Fuck that. Uh there's some like cool moments towards the end, I guess, but it doesn't really I don't know, it didn't really add up to anything or didn't really like get me back into it. It's just like the last 30 minutes or so is when it finally piques your interest, but even then you're still struggling to like get on board with it. Um maybe it's a budgetary thing. I I kind of like what he was going for overall, but do definitely needed like an outside influence to tell him what did and didn't work. Um, but that is just my opinion. This movie's kind of all over the place in terms of star rating or praise, but um, it did not really do much for me. So another miss this year for me. Brutal. I'll probably still watch it just because, you know, you know me. I got to give a, got to give you all might the, love indie, it, the indie darlings a poke. I did love skin and Marink, as we all you know. You did. It is being compared to that, but I think it's mainly because it's found footage and super low budget, but I feel like they're going for completely different things. So I guess take that for what you will. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys know the plot of it, but essentially it's like about this crew who they, um, they're going to like shoot a music video out in the Mojave desert. And then, um, as they like set up camp and stay overnight, shit starts to happen. But the shit that does happen, it's like very hard to see what is actually happening. And then by the time you actually see the stuff that happens, you're like, eh, it's kind of cool, kind of get what you're going for. But again, you lost me like the entire first hour. And then even the stuff that that, that is cool or you know, the interesting aspects of it, it doesn't really le- like reach the levels that you would want it to. So it was just pretty lackluster on all levels. Damn. But that, that might be just me. Very nice. Because I know it has its fans, so. Yeah. Matt? Um, sure, I can go. I'll, um, I'm I'm gonna knock mine out pretty quick. Um, so I decided uh, relatively recently that I'm on a bangers only streak, and I'm gonna watch uh, catch up on the backlog, watch the classics, watch the movies that have been on my radar for a long time, and not even really movies that have been on the radar for a long time, just like movies that I feel like are worth my time. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I have been on perhaps an all-time streak. Um, being sick had some to do with it. Um, not not in that it influenced my like ratings or anything, but like you know I was sick and I was like, okay, now's the time to pull the trigger on some of this stuff. But I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that I watched not one, not two, not three, but I think. four four movies that will probably crack my top like hundred if I were to like 
what? rework them right now. What? Yeah. It's what? Been, I've been busy, Paris. It's been huge. Um, <laughs> so I will start things off with uh, Possession, oh, which God. has been on my radar for a long time, but uh, has been kind of inaccessible for a long time. Forever. And I think, I think like a year ago, it, it's been a while. It's been on Shudder for a while. Shudder is where I watched it. Um, it recently became accessible and, uh, I'd finally decided, uh, to pull the trigger on it. And I can safely say that that is one of the most unique, insane movies that I've ever seen. And it checked all of my boxes. I can safely say it has some of my favorite performances I've ever seen in a movie. And while they are like completely and utterly unhinged, I couldn't take my eyes away from the screen. I think Sam Neill is really good, as is uh, the actor's name is Heinz Bennett, and he plays a character named Heinrich, who was like the other love interest of the main character in the film, who is played by Isabel Adjani, who kind of, she plays a dual role. She plays two characters, which I'm not even going to begin to try to explain why she plays two characters in the same movie because it you know this is kind of a movie that just kind of happens to you and like there are some through lines obviously that you can like grab onto but this is very much a vibes movie and it's batshit insane it's ultra violent like some of the images in this movie i haven't been able to stop thinking about it's horrific i love the score in the movie i love the way it's shot and it's very, very, very weird. I understand why people wouldn't like it, including uh, present company. Travis, I don't think you uh, you liked this one very much. I gave right? it three stars. I don't really know how to feel about it. It It is a very weird movie, though. I will give you that. Yes. <laughs> it's very strange. It's one that I'm excited to revisit. But even on an initial watch, I was like, wow, this is... Like, if I had to compare it to, like, a first-time watch, for me, I would compare it to... Uh, the Holy Mountain by Jodorowsky, which is another movie that is like very off the wall, unhinged, crazy and weird, but just had a profound effect on me. Um, so I, I'd put possession up there with that. Um, probably not as high as the Holy Mountain, but possession absolutely loved. I gave it five stars. It's one that I'm excited to revisit. Um, I finally caught up with Tokyo Story, which when we did our uh, top 100, I made a joke about how I thought about like putting that movie on my list. Cause it was like, even though I hadn't seen it, it seemed like something that would be one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did love it. I gave it five stars. It's an awesome movie, but it doesn't, it didn't hit. I don't know. Like of these movies I'm about to talk about, that's probably my least favorite of the five. It's two and a half hours. No. You own the criterion, Matt. I do, and I did watch the Criterion, and I have since bought two more Ozu films on Criterion to try to. Oh, like really? Which get, ones? Dig into the catalog. Um, Late Spring and mm-hmm. uh, Good Morning, which I saw that you mm. have seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I think I talked about it on the show a while back when I saw it, but yeah, I really liked Good Morning. I didn't love it, but I did really like what it was going for. That's the yes. only Ozu I've been, um, yeah, that I've seen. I did see your rating. Um, 
so I did buy that. But anyway, Tokyo Story, it's it's a very slow story. It's a very quiet movie about intergenerational family dynamics, but I found it to be very profound and I love the performances in it. Of the way it looks, love the framing. Um, very slow, deliberate pace, but I did I was moved by it. I thought it was very good. Um, I watched Rashomon, which is an Akira Kurosawa film that I've heard one million things about and I've seen duplicated a million times, but have never actually seen the movie and it absolutely lived up to the hype. Rashomon is basically like a, a story about um, like truth and perspective. And it's basically about like retelling events that occur of like a murder sexual assault situation from different perspectives and Ridley Scott kind of was like playing with that dynamic with the last duel though I haven't actually seen that movie but Rashomon was the main movie that was referenced when the last duel Mm -hmm. was like doing the rounds um it's every bit as legendary as its reputation uh suggests it looks amazing the performances, particularly by Toshiro Mifune, uh, are incredible. Um, I've, it's like riveting start to finish. It's not a long movie. It's only like 90 minutes long, I think. But um, you can really see like the influence that it has had on, on film. Um, and I really liked it. It's a, very, it's a super watchable movie. Um, it's beautiful obviously well directed and uh, I'm excited to kind of dig more into Kurosawa's films. Cause I, I think the only other movie I had seen of his was seven samurai. I think I have to fact check myself, but I've um, seen Rashomon in high and low. The one that I'm most excited to watch is Ron probably yeah. because it's in color. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be that guy, but <laughs> See, I love I loved the way that this movie looked. Um, but I agree that that one's high on my list. And Dreams too, which I think was his last movie before he died. Um, but that just kind of sounds up my alley. Anyway, I love Rashomon. Very excited to dive into it. Um, moving on, Bangers Only Streak. I watched a movie that I had seen my dad watching growing up and I had zero interest in. And I decided to watch it. It was the first movie I watched when I called out sick from work. I watched it on my laptop in bed. And that movie is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And I fucking loved Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. I loved really? it. Really? <laughs> I didn't think I would like it as much as I did, but I absolutely yeah. adore the two central performances. So, um, Paul Newman plays Butch Cassidy and Robert Redford plays the Sundance Kid. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Like, two, honestly, like two of the most iconic movie performances I've ever seen in my life. I think they're both incredible. I immediately grew attached to their characters. I love the dynamic between the two characters. And it's a movie where like not a lot happens 
plot-wise, but it's so beautifully filmed and it's got an awesome pace that is like it's not a breakneck pace by any means but it's like steady and i had never lost interest i was always there's a forward progression that i really loved that just kept me invested and there are stakes involved with the characters and they're put in situations where you think that they're in real danger and it was just a master class in like western storytelling for me and i love the ending of it it's uh, I, I can't speak highly enough about butch cassidy and the sundance kid and i was very surprised by that um See, but i loved that it. that and the sting for me like i liked both of them when i watched them but i don't know they didn't really reach the highs that i was hoping for but one paul newman flick that i have recommended previously on the show is Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke is a fucking banger. I thought about watching that. That was on the list. Um, as was... Um, oh, God. This, there was some other movie that HBO Max recommended to me after I finished. Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> no. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Wyatt Earp. Uh, no, I don't remember what it was. But <laughs> There was some movie that has like been on my radar, but I didn't pull the trigger on um, but Butch Cassidy is an all-timer. Loved it. The movie that I watched directly after Butch Cassidy was The French Connection. Uh, first time? Billy, first time watch, yeah. Wow. Uh, the Billy Friedkin, very early Billy Friedkin. Um, Best picture winning yeah, film. Yeah, crime drama film, I guess you could call it. Um, I really liked it. I wasn't wild about it. I found it kind of boring. Um it's a lot of Gene Hackman like going into bars and like using slurs and like just kind of being a douchey cop. Um, I will say though that I mean, car that's chase, kind of early on. But. Yeah, I'm not gonna fault the movie for it. It was you know I think he says one slur. And, well, Doesn't it have slurs. like the best car chase of all time or something <laughs> yes. like that? The car chase, well, train. He's following a train was by far the highlight of the movie. Um, that was awesome. All the other stuff surrounding it, though, like he's like Matt. I I will yeah. agree with you a little bit where I think it is overrated, but I do still really like it. I think it's like I like the grittiness of it, and I think it's like well shot. And yeah. but in actuality, it's really just like one big long chase movie, and there's like thrills and like and slow chills. moments. Well, I don't know. It's, it, it's, you know, like as a chase movie, it can be very like slow and plotting at times, but then it can also be really thrilling at other times. But the whole movie more or less is one big long chase. Yeah. And I think that's part of, I think why I didn't love the movie is simply because like, it's just about these two cops chasing a score Right, and I didn't really care that mount that much about them catching the villain, you know. Like I think, yeah. uh, well, and there's an aspect of him wanting to prove himself, and he had like a botched, you know, job previously, and yeah, he wants to get promoted. So I mean, there's that aspect of it, but like, how much do you really care about that, especially this day and age? Totally. It was a movie that I like, mean. I, I, I don't think we, any of us care about cops in this day and age. So no. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I had a hard time like 
staying with the plot as far as like caring about him catching this criminal. But I'm not going to deny it's an awesome movie. You know, it's, it's, it's really good. It's not that I disliked it or anything. I gave it four There's some great like character actors and even just like the actors that they, he casts, they just have like a, a good look to him, you know, like especially like the main villain, Sal or whatever, his look in that coat, fucking iconic. Oh, for sure. It's it's a very stylish movie. It's a well cast. I just, I don't. It didn't hit like some of these other movies for me. Um, so yeah, give it four uh, stars. It's it's good. It didn't break the banger streak, though. I wouldn't classify it as a banger. Um, real quick, one other movie I'll mention. I watched Out of the Past, um, which is a noir film starring Robert Mitchum. Um, that I quite liked, didn't love. It, basically, it's about this guy who was like meets this woman uh, in his small town, and we come to realize that he is running from his past, and his past comes to uh, reckon with him, and he has to deal with like a previous affair that he had, and there's a murder plot, and it's just like a crazy like, you know globe-trotting affair trying to clean up this mess from his past and i did really like it but uh, again not a movie that like really hit home for me uh i would probably watch it again i would give it probably one more shot to see if it like really comes home with the rewatch but on our first watch it was four stars i really liked it um and then the final movie and dare i say the best movie in my uh, renaissance period that I've had over the last two weeks, I watched a movie called Brief Encounter, directed by David Lean. It's a British film released in 1945, and it is a train romance movie. Um, basically, I actually watched this uh, not too long ago. This year. Did January you really? 29th. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Did you talk about it on the show? I don't think so. I gave it four stars. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So four stars. You liked it then. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I not as much like... as you, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, we're. It's very much a Matt movie. While I was watching it, I was like, "Yes, this is fucking right up my alley." Um, basically, it's a movie about this. Uh, these two people, a man and a woman, who meet. Um, in a train station, like refreshment center. It's basically like a, like a bar, basically that sells like pastries and stuff that you while you're waiting for your train or whatever. And they're both married, so it's like a forbidden love kind of movie where they're both like, will they, won't they? Um, they both recognize that like it's it's not right to do what they're doing, but they can't help it because they love each other. And the script is just like top-notch i loved everything about the actual like screenplay itself the dialogue the interplay between the two characters like all of the things that they say and the perspective on on love and really kind of felt like kind of like provocative especially for a movie that came out in 1945 where it's like it never villainizes the two characters for their like adultery basically but they they never like i don't know it really it really plays with the idea of like 
there's certain lines that you'll cross and certain lines you won't cross. And the two partners like realizing that they have lives, separate lives at home. And there's almost like a, con- the movie is basically like a, almost a confessional. Cause there's a lot of narration from the main character uh, who's played by uh, Celia Johnson. She's the narrator of the film and she's basically narrating from the perspective of like confessing her adultery to her husband which is like an interesting element of the film. And there's like a very bittersweet ending. Oh my God. I fucking love everything about this movie. It's like top, like honestly, this is probably going to crack my like top 20. When all is said and done. Like I fucking adore this movie. I I can't wait. I could probably probably like it more on a rewatch, but initial watch, I thought it was maybe a little too simplified or maybe not justified enough in the character's actions. But I, I did really like it. It's just, um, and also, it it's always a little difficult for me to like fully love a movie that's almost a hundred years old. Um, but again, that's more of a personal thing. But yeah, I did really like it for what it was, and it's a great runtime, eighty six minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. 86 minutes honestly i've kind of reached a point especially in this period where i'm like going back and revisiting some of these movies that like there's almost something that makes the movie more interesting to me because it's so old like there's an element of like well there's that there's that but there's also like these people are dead like everyone i'm seeing on the screen like they don't exist anymore like they're fucking dead you know what I mean? Like, there's an element like there's like almost like a like a reliving no, history, I don't know like, a, like a like a historical element of like um, it's almost like a morbid fascination of like like a time capsule element. You know what I mean? Like when I watch these old movies, Matt's just happy that these films exist in 2023. Sure, accessibility I think morbid is for sure. morbid is right. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's not like I'm assessing about the fact that they're dead, but there's like it's like I'm it's like I'm looking in on like it's like a telescope into the past. You know what I mean? Like there's something kind of profound about being able to watch these old movies with these people who, you know, like they're they're not around anymore. Like sure, they have yeah. been gone for a long yeah, time. Yeah, th- I mean, there is an element of that, but at the same time, th- it also creates a little distance. Yeah, I I think I've kind of come. You just I think you have to be in the right now. mood to be you know to watch a movie to engage of that era. Definitely, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. But I think I'm coming around on like I I was like reticent to like watch some of these old black and white movies from like the 30s and 40s specifically that I've been yeah that's off for so long, you know. And now that I have done so and absolutely adored a couple of the ones that I've watched in the last couple of weeks, I think I have successfully like moved on from that barrier, mm-hmm. you know, especially like ugh. truly, I can't recommend this movie enough. It's, uh, it's fucking amazing. It's on, it's it on does, Max. It does HBO have Max. like a, uh, like before sunrise element to it too, right? That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Have yeah. y'all ever, okay, this is. On topic, but not about movies. Have y'all ever had that thing where you meet someone for like a second, like like on a train or like at a party or, or just randomly when you're traveling and you meet them and you're like, wow, there's this like intense chemistry and then you never see them again? No. 
can't this is have. getting into too personal territory. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot say I have ever. Had I'm gonna that say that. Take that as a yes. Um, I I have, and it was literally on a train, and it just made me think of that. So. Trains, man. Yeah, very romantic. Questions. Traveling yeah, is very romantic. I feel like. To quote the uh, great Quentin Tarantino, "I refuse your question." <laughs> you got, you got to and to, to quote myself, <laughs> by not answering the question, you the question. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Can I continue down my list? Yeah, I'm done. I, I blew my load. I got it all, all right, out of the way. Great. Great. So I watched uh, Influencer, another 2023 flick. Uh, Shutter original. Heard some good things about it. It is uh, pretty mediocre. I think it's worth a watch, but if you're like cramming for end of year, then put it towards the bottom of your list. But if you're just looking for something to entertain you for 90 minutes, then it's it's serviceable. Essentially, it's like um, Ingrid Goes West meets the talented Mr. Ripley. But like the low budget version of that. Ooh, that sounds more intriguing than I feel like you're well saying it is. <laughs> I think that's giving it too much credit. But those are the okay. two movies that came to mind while watching it. I, Would you're you better say off. Both of those are better. Yeah, you're better off watching those movies. Both of those? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But if you're desperate, you know, then this movie exists on Shutter. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have too much to say about it, but it's. It's kind of like one of those, you know, stealing someone's identity type thrillers. And um, there is a influencer at the center of it. So, yeah, I gave it two and a half stars. So it's kind of mediocre, but I I don't think it's like a complete waste of time. Uh, I saw Priscilla in the theater. Mm. I thought it was really good. Um, Oh, I'm so excited to see it. It focuses primarily on their relationship, which I think their relationship is, you know, pretty fascinating to delve into. Um, it's really well made, well shot, good performances. Um, and yeah, you really get the like inside of, you know, how she felt and how she dealt with being in a relationship of that caliber. Um, but I think, uh, it was just a little one note and that's what brought it down from being something really special. Um, not, not to try and discredit it too much, but as a whole, it just felt a little one note, uh, but would highly recommend it still. Uh, I'll group these two movies together. Uh, other people's children and passages. These are two like very like drama for drama sake uh so passages not that's been on my list for a while what not good you're saying no really good um i really like that i mean i really like both of them i'm not trying to discredit either by saying this but they are like very much dramas and like not much beyond that but i think they're pretty fascinating just um, like as character studies or just like dealing with modern relationships, other other people's children is about in 
I won't say aging, but she's like 40 years old. She's the main character. She's looking to have a child of her own, but hasn't really found the right person to have that child with. She's in a relationship with a guy who already has a child. She grows an attachment to that child and drama ensues. So uh, I think it's like a very like kind of modern take on, you know, like a relationship and it's pretty fascinating in that regard. I think the only thing that was really holding it down for me was again, the ending. I don't think the ending really like stuck its landing or uh, I didn't really like elevate it. And so I think that's the element that was missing passages. Um, another movie that's more of like a modern take on relationships. It's about, uh, uh, this guy who's in a relationship with another man, they're both married. Uh, the main character starts to have a fling with a woman and it's kind of an open relationship, even though they're married, but not really. And so there's a lot of like complications with that love triangle per se. Um, but yeah, I really like this one. I thought there's really good performances and, I just appreciated the approach of it all. Again, it's like a very modern take on like love, desire, and relationships. He's kind of a narcissist. He's a filmmaker and really only worries about himself in the movie. Um, and, you know, other people suffer as a result. But um, yeah, really liked it. Gave it four and a half stars. How how did you uh, watch that movie? Passages. Both of those movies are on Mubi, and I did a a week trial on Amazon. Mubi. Mubi. M U B I. Shit. Um, I just I had Passages wasn't on my radar, but I just looked it up, and um, that guy, the main guy, I love that guy, Franz Rogowski. He, yeah, he's really good in it. He, I mean, he was in um, the two most recent uh, Christian Petzold movies mm. prior to the one he put out this year. Um, I have I not seen, seen any of his movies. None of them? Really? Not even I'm aware. Phoenix? No, I'm aware that they exist, but have not plunged. Damn. So uh, he's in, uh, this actor is in Transit and Undine, um, both of which I like a lot. Um, were those cram jams? He, yes, they were cram jams. All of his movies have been <laughs> cram jam movies for me. But he's like, he's a guy that like, I really want to like more than I have so far. Like, I've given all of his movies like four or four and a half stars, but I'm just like waiting. You're waiting for, for the banger. To, like, really hit. You know what I mean? And maybe it'll recontextualize yeah. the way I feel about his movies. But okay. Cool. I didn't realize I, that. Movie it also has uh, Ben Wishaw, voice of uh, Paddington. It's kind of weird to see him have <laughs> gay sex in the movie, but um, th- maybe that's just me. Or you just couldn't just, use the whole time you were picturing. Did Paddington, you feel like you were losing your dogged. childhood a little bit watching? A little bit. Paddington <laughs> get dirty, get down and dirty. I mean, there's it. It gets a little hardcore at one moment, and Ben Wishaw is at the center of it, and so. Yeah, knowing that he's like the voice of Like, which moment? Like, if you could say, like, the kind of throws me off. and second time, like... One, uh, you'll know two. when you if watch it. we get a timestamp. Sure. You'll know. No, I, I was looking for a timestamp, like I gave y'all earlier for Saoirse Ronan. There's some... Thank you. 
just some penetration. And then also uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. the uh, the other one, not Leia Sadu, but the other woman in Blue is the Warmest Color, she plays the the female love interest in this. Adele Xarchipolos, yeah. that one. Totally, yeah. Um, sure. But all the main performances are really good. Um, I would highly recommend Passages. It's just uh, I didn't give it five stars. I think partly because of it just being like one hundred percent a drama, and I need a little like genre flair these days to really get me hard. Damn. All right. You know? Don't worry. I'll be the hero. I'll watch okay. it. I'll I'll put it on my list. Don't you worry. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely. I'm not watch saying it. Passages. I'm not no, saying it's, it's my not going to make my list. Yeah. I mean, I gave it four and a half stars. I'm not trying to discredit. It's just. Shouldn't your top 10 be all five stars, though, Travis? I feel like you always don't do that. I can't. Not the last couple years. A tragedy. You know, I can't. I can't force it. You just talk more. Talk about that. Cram more. Um, Okay, I saw this movie, Divinity. (laughs) Weird ass fucking movie. I can't believe it hit theaters in. Marysville, Washington, but it did. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys heard of Divinity? No, never. Okay, well, um, Michael O'Hearn is in this movie, or Mike O'Hearn is in this movie, the uh, Baby Don't Hurt Me TikTok meme. (laughs) What? If you know who I'm talking about, no, maybe, maybe not. Matt and I are the biggest TikTokers, and if neither of us have heard of it, that might be very niche. He's like the Travis. he's like a bodybuilder, like k- kind of personality, and all of his TikToks are based around. Um, it's like very like arrogant, and it's always him at the center, where he's really not doing much. It's just him existing, but he's kind of like a a freak of a specimen. Yeah. I mean, he's a good looking guy. He's in amazing shape, but he is in this movie. So that's one thing. Uh, Steven Dorff is also in this movie. Now, Matt, this is a total vibes movie, but are they your vibes? Time will tell. Cause that's really all this movie has going for it. It's uh I believe it didn't have a script. It's very experimental, avant-garde. Um, I I liked it on a visual and on a vibe level, but like the story element was missing, and so that's where it suffered the most. Uh, I do think the ending is pretty awesome. I don't want to spoil it, but it's a pretty cool sequence. Uh, so yeah, I don't really know what I watched, but kind of liked what it was going for and don't really regret you know going to see it but it's lacking some substance so huh and as far as you know this is not like streaming anywhere is this something you just watched like i saw it in the theater yeah i saw it uh like a week ago It, it only lasts in the theater for like a week or two but it I mean, it played in Everett. It played in Marysville. I think it played, you know, obviously other theaters. It actually got a decent release for what it is. And I was pretty shocked by that. Interesting. Okay. I'll probably give it a poke. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, don't know if you would love it. 
Um, it's kind of one of those like midnight cult movies, but again, kind of lacking in substance. Um, last new release I'll talk about is uh, Rye Lane. It's uh, a romantic comedy that's on Hulu currently. It's really short and um, easy to watch and pretty sweet. And um, it also has a pretty good production design. Like it's colorful and I feel like that was a conscious choice while making it. So I, I appreciate that aspect of it. It does kind of have a weird like fisheye lens feel to it at times. So I know some people don't like when movies look like that but it didn't really bother me um but yeah i thought it was good it was it's essentially about this guy who experiences a breakup and then he encounters a woman who also recently experienced a breakup and then they kind of bond over that and you know drama ensues but uh i really liked it i gave it four stars nice that one is on my cram jam list Nice. Thank you. Yeah, I could see it maybe cracking cracking your top ten. Um, <laughs> it would be probably low on the list, but it's it's fringe for sure. Okay. Last two things I'll talk about, and then I'm done. Is um, I um, so I've seen the A Nightmare on Elm Street twice now, but um decided to start delving into the sequels and um so i watched part two and part three freddy's revenge and dream warriors i liked them about the same um i know dream warriors is one of those sequels that gets a lot of praise for being one of the sequels in the franchise but to me it was a little disappointing and then um i feel like part two gets a lot of flack but I don't feel like it's as bad as people make it out to be uh, I think the main thing that part two has going for it is its effects the I think there's some the <laughs> no I think oh, there's man. some there's some really cool effects in it and I didn't really I mean you could definitely tell there were some like homoerotic tones to it while watching it but I guess I didn't realize how much of a like a following it has in that sense. Like uh, the main actor in it, his whole career was kind of defined by his role in this movie. And there was even a documentary made about um, his experience of being in this film and the legacy of it all. Uh, that film is called uh, Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. And I watched that as well, um, just because I was curious after watching part two. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if you guys have seen those, but those are the only two sequels I've seen. I think. Oh, okay. Or two and three. Yeah. I gave them both three three stars. I love the original. I I think the sequels so far have been like fine for what they are. I I really like Freddy as a villain. I think he's like fun and terrifying at times i know he gets more into the, like the camp like goofy side later in the franchise but mm -hmm. um I, I don't know there's some really cool sequences in both movies 
like there's a chest bursting sequence in two that's really awesome and there's pool sequence that um you know probably rivals the pool sequence in strangers part two the best I don't rem- I don't the only remember, but. the only good scene in Strangers Part 2 I actually like that movie a little bit more on a rewatch it's really still, you know, it's still not great but yeah the first one is is where it's at I, know, I, I, I guess trilogy of new Strangers movies did you see that no Rennie Harlan is directing them weird and yeah. it's just flat out a, a trilogy from the get-go yes I think they're already made, maybe. At least the first one. What? And it's coming out like early 2024, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Can't wait. Oh, The Strangers Chapter One, directed by Rennie Harlan. <laughs> All right, here we go. We love we love <laughs> Rennie Harlan. Uh, isn't he like old as dirt? Oh, maybe not. He's been making movies a long time, but I wouldn't call them good movies. He is uh, director of Die Hard 2, Deep Blue Sea, Cliffhanger, <laughs> all the bangers. Yeah. Can't wait. Interesting. See his uh, his uh, vision of the strangers is going to be big. Yeah, according but, uh, to Letterboxd, chapter one, two, and three, all directed by Rennie Harlan. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm going to try and work my way through the franchise. I have the uh, Blu-ray box set. But um, I'm a fan so far. I like parts two and three enough. I wouldn't say they're terrible. They're obviously not as good as the original, but um, yeah, I think I liked a little. I think I liked part two a little more than I expected, and then I liked part three a little less than I expected. So, hmm. I I just I checked my star ratings while you were talking, and I gave the second one two and a half, and I gave Dream Warriors three and a half. So not like okay, you know, we're not too far. Earth shattering. I, I gave them like, both three. Yeah, it was years ago. I I was convinced I was gonna do a, a franchise watch, and I got through the first three, and I was like, okay, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> I did the same thing with Friday the Thirteenth. I think I got through like part five, I think, of that franchise, and fell off. Of yeah, that I did that years ago, and I think I got to five or six, and then tapped out. It gets rough. With yeah. those legacy, legacy franchises. All right, yeah. All right, I'm I'm tapped out. Sick. I got nothing left either. Paris, are you tapped? Yeah, man. <laughs> Paris is gonna like get me out of here. For a while. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I am va- I'm 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 pretty drunk. Paris was drinking the whole time you were talking (laughs) I tried to be brief (laughs) no 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 it's really fine I truly it's not you I just okay I have a question for you and this is something I could probably google but I have not yet Um, so you know okay how many ounces is one shot 1.5 okay good I, back in my baby days, this is many moons ago, I thought it was one ounce. Like, that was the metric. And then I was hanging around these people who are, by definition, pretty much alcoholics. And they were like, it's 1.5. You've been doing yourself a disservice. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. (laughs) And so then I started doing my, (laughs) and so then I started doing my two shots at, like, three ounces instead because I was measure out with my little mason jar. And then I was like, 
And then I was like, asked someone else, and they were like, no, it's one ounce. And I was like, maybe I'm just listening to alcoholics because I want to drink more. But here's the thing. Now I always do my two shots at four ounces. Are you not just using shot glasses? What are you No, 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 no. I told you, I'm using a mason jar. I got a measuring cup. I I, I measure my drinks in cups when I'm literally, Yeah, I literally use a mason jar. I pour it up to the four ounce. Then I pour my mixer in, which in this case is like simply lemonade, raspberry lemonade. And I pour in like six ounces of that. And then I top it with some sparkling water. It's just like the regular off-brand bubbly from the store. And I mix all in the mason jar. And then I pour that into like a nicer cup that has ice in it. You're all you're all sorts of confusing me. But you're, so my problem you're, you're was... You're using your mason jar like, as a shaker, but like not using yeah. shot glasses. And well, I don't have <laughs> shot glasses. Why don't you just drink it out of the mason jar? Well, you can, but the, here's the thing. Like, I've got leftovers in the mason jar right now. And what I used to do is I, any leftovers that I had, I would put the top on the mason jar and put them in the fridge. I don't have any tops anymore. So I guess I got to drink it. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I realized I have been pouring my two shots as four ounces. So I poured my first drink as two shots because I was two doubles. I'm at home. You know, I'm not driving. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I, I've drank in two drinks. That's eight ounces. Wow, that took too long to do math in my head. That's eight ounces of vodka. That's a one cup of vodka. That's, yeah, it's like a five-ish, five-plus shots of alcohol. Hell yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you see my I've had uh That's why uh, I answered and I was just like I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. We're I maybe I maybe um maybe <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if maybe we're doing the wrapper up the one point <laughs> five, you drank five point three shots tonight. That's um, a good night. Huge. That's what I In about drink when we do the three podcast. hours. That's you know, that's like party party mode, party average. And yeah, every because time my we thought, record, it's, it is my party. vibe is like if I I don't like to drink just to sip. Like if I'm just gonna sip, I might as well just have like a juice or a water. You know, like I don't or a beer. I don't. Well, I can't drink beer anymore. But you know what I mean. Oh, like I don't. Yeah. That that's part of it. Is like I don't really drink just to sip anymore, because I'm either trying to go hard or I'm trying to. Go home. <laughs> right. Or what's the point? Because you know, if you don't get drunk. I'm with you. As I said, I'm go hard you. or go home. And okay. sometimes I'm just trying to go hard know, be sober and go home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to go nap to sleep for a while. But Well, nap Matt, I drank, I drank one of those King's Heads that you gave me. The me whole too. bottle. Is that what and you were I drinking also, Yep. But then I drank a Rainier and a Coors Light as well. But I feel like I could keep going. Like, Oh, me too. Me too. I had another I thought I'd be. You said that. I feel like I could keep going. I thought I'd be way more drunk than I am. But mm. like, just keep tossing those Rainiers or Coors and I'm Gucci. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I had a Structures <laughs> uh, Czech Dark Lager after I finished my, uh, my official podcast beer. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is this? Suds and buds? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's enough beer talk. But uh, any other movies before we wrap things up here today? No, I. We tapped. We're all tapped. I spilled a load. <laughs> I uh, didn't. I'm still, you know, cruising with my load. But uh, we can talk about it another time. <laughs> All right. Well, enough loads for this episode. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, I don't. What's coming down the pipe? What's is Travis? Napoleon. Napoleon oh. is huge, dude. We stand That's a coming short out king. in a week. Can't wait. <laughs> it's coming out in a week. I'm, I'm so very excited fucking for that. stoked. Very dude. excited. What? You're both very excited. Yes. <laughs> Ridley Scott, Walking Phoenix. Yeah, say Are less. you joking me, right Vanessa now? Kirby? Oh my sure, god! Sure, also her. The like trifecta. My, my my coworker, my bestie coworker, who like doesn't watch very many movies. She literally hasn't seen a movie in theaters since the pandemic. To be fair, she has two small children, one of which was born like February twenty twenty, but she hasn't seen any movies since the pandemic. And she was like, "Are you going to see Napoleon? I'm gonna go see it. Let's go see it together." That is how yeah. huge this movie is. Okay, also, The Holdovers is getting a wide release. And Matt, I'm not trying to uh, play your cards for you, but if you don't take that movie in the mouth, and I haven't seen it, but this is me going on a whim here. That movie looks lame. But if Matt doesn't take it in the mouth, I mean, I will Matt's going to love it because he's, you know, into the kind of shit. But I'm not an Alexander Payne guy, though. What are you even talking about? You're into those movies where it's like a coming of age and it's like a bunch of guys. Matt, I've seen a couple of reviews where it's like so wholesome, <laughs> the movie I needed this year, and that just sounds like Matt energy. That is so. Matt. You're also really into like everybody wants some and Richard Linklater stuff, which is just this, which is this kind of vibe. And it's got your boy, Paul G. And just like, <laughs> Matt, just like take it. Take it in the mouth. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I am going to see it but honestly i'm more excited for trolls band together comes out this week oh come the on the first in sync song in like 20 20 plus years oh it's so, a new song for the movie yeah dude they re- oh wow they is for the movie dude pro britney now how about thanksgiving come on we gotta be oh i'm for sure for, me and Haley for, for our sure, boy are for sure <laughs> yeah come on like, Matt, oh, our boy <laughs> no all but right, also right. may december uh, is going to be playing in theater starting this weekend, which is the new Todd Haynes. What's that? Oh, May December with Natalie Ooh. Portman and uh, Julie. Oh my God, how can I not remember her name? It's also going to be on Netflix, I believe. How have I never point. heard yeah. of this movie? Like, what's happening? I literally just heard about it today, so don't. Feel Julianne bad. Moore. Julianne Moore. Yeah, new Todd Haynes, Natalie what? Portman, Julianne Moore. It comes out this weekend, and it will be on Netflix on December first. So, you know, huge. But, yeah, I love Todd Haynes. So anyway, we got we got a lot of stuff coming out. So we'll we'll see what uh, what we're all able to see before we record next. But should be huge. We got a lot of movies coming out. So Matt, if you don't watch stuff. Napoleon, Travis and I are going to do the show without you. I'll see it. I'm just saying. I'm not like I'm not creaming my jeans over in anticipation. Come of on, Ridley Scott That's epic starring Joaquin. Matt, you're so. Dumb. Or twenty years ago, the Gladiator came out. Come on, really? Sky hasn't oh, made exactly. An it's being reunited. Years. Hey, the last Those duel was really good, Matt. You just, their game. you just watched Rashomon. Not a better time to watch. 
The Last Duel. Are you sure about that? After having just watched Rashomon, you think you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Well, hard to say, I guess, but I don't know. It feels like a good bridge between Rashomon and Napoleon. For I'm you gonna specifically. Watch it. I'm not trying to say I'm not gonna watch. It. I'm just saying I'm not like creaming my jeans. Come on, Joaquin is our boy. I know he doesn't wow. miss. He's the goat. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we'll, we'll reconvene okay, okay, after okay, we Matt, see the film. Okay. 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 Matt. Here's the thing. That trailer thing. doesn't make here's you hard. Matt, Come Matt, on. Matt. Matt. <laughs> yeah. Matt. Paris. Matt. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> Have you ever <laughs> seen a movie with Joaquin Phoenix and you were like, I'm disappointed in his performance? Yes, Joker. You were disappointed in no, his performance. Matt, you wanted to hate that movie. Not from the, the movie. I was born his to hate performance. that movie. Performance. Yes. Oh arguably God. his worst performance. I'm not okay. That that was a stupid okay. Yeah, you started it. You started it, Paris. <sighs> Joker sucks. Joaquin Phoenix in that movie overacts the whole way. Todd Phillips. <gasps> How dare you besmirch either. the name of my future husband? Now, Bo is afraid. <laughs> huge. Bo is afraid. We're yeah. Huge balls. We, we don't more. need to. Huge we balls. We're going to hear a lot more about that. <laughs> Talk about loads, not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Joaquin Phoenix performance for the ages, all right? Get out of here with your Oh, Joker my God. Oh, man, that movie rules. He hasn't given enough loads. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. All the loads from Joaquin. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we'll see exactly what the featured reviews are for the next episode, but we will be back shortly. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh yeah, my I love my TikTok feed. I only yeah. send you the best. Well, not the best stuff. I send you the, <laughs> the <laughs> usually the most unhinged stuff. Yes, that comes and I also send you the most unhinged stuff that's on mine. But that is that is such a small portion of what's on mine. Most of mine is these two fucking dipshit nerds that like try to guess like rankings of video games. That's most of my feed. This these days and really? i hate them both but i watch every video that comes on my feed so now that's all i see <laughs> that so it's your fault got it, when got i it, go got to it. bed at night i see these two fucking neck beards like uh, can i get gears of war three please oh surprisingly that's not on the list oh man oh let me get a xenoblade chronicles two please <laughs> wait matt this this that should be you talking about you that. that should be the well, stinger matt. for the episode to not be a thing anymore. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like we just. And then I was like, <laughs> 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 <laughs>